And hello and welcome everyone to another installment of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. We're uh, not exactly the highest energy, we're at a nice nice medium energy tonight, Matt. We both talked about <laughs> how uh, the days are getting, uh, what is it, quicker and quicker and longer and longer, and how even when we're done here, we got a lot of stuff to work on. Yeah, yeah, I think it's both safe to say we're both kind of a little bit tired. It's that kind of mm -hmm. end of the week slump. It certainly is. Uh, it's Canadian Thanksgiving here, like tomorrow. So when I'm done here, I'm going to literally go and prep a turkey and prep, uh, prep pumpkin pie and everything else. <laughs> nice. I literally saved it to the end because I'm like, well, if I do it now that I just have to put stuff in ovens tomorrow. So that's what <laughs> I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, not a lot. Not a lot. Bu building more Gundams. I made the, nice. made the terrible, terrible decision to buy gold uh baldur's gate 3 oh yes yeah. see i was so close to getting that online hmm, okay i can buy <laughs> this now even though it's not not all the classes and all the other stuff are out yet so it's complete but it's not complete <laughs> yeah no for an early access game it's quite good it's it's very oh, yeah, well probably. polished and everything I, there's a there's a couple of problems with it but yeah uh, i've been really enjoying it i'm playing a uh, halfling uh, not a halfling a half elf uh ranger Nice. Yeah, yeah it a, looks freaking it's dope. It's from, it's from the same people who did Divinity, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is just like the most adorable story ever. Like, hey, we've made this Divinity thing. It's a lot like Dungeons and Dragons, isn't it great? Hey, who's making the next official Dungeons and Dragons Baldur Gate thing? Oh, the Divinity people. You don't <laughs> say that was their audition. And you, yeah, you can tell that like everything they learned off those Divinity games they put into here because you're like, oh, they've got this this feature that came over from those games and this feature and they've included like the dice roll from this and all that sort of stuff and it just it just all works really damn well together. I, uh, I regret to say that you were nice enough to give me Divinity for Christmas last year, <laughs> and I played a little of it, and I'm like, oh, this is overwhelming. There's a lot Ooh, to yeah. take in here. Because, you yeah. know, it because it, it's one thing to play the game in your mind. It's one thing to roll your actual dice and everything. It's another when it's like, okay, there's actual systems behind this and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it it's so dense, and it just takes up so much of your time. Like, I remember when I first played Divinity, that first like sort of area the fort that you start in i spent yeah, probably yeah. a good like at least 20 hours in that fort just like doing all the little quests and finding all the little areas and everything and it just takes up so much of your time definitely definitely uh what else have i am to Ooh, i uh i finished the boys this week and we will be mm -hmm. talking about the boys season two yeah oh so boy. again if yeah oh boy indeed so if you're worried for spoilers uh, you might want to, what is it, mute us for that segment, but that's that's coming much, much later. Mm -hmm. I've uh, also been, uh, what is it, plunging the depths of uh, Amazon Prime to see what's on there because I've exhausted everything on Netflix in this quarantine, starved for entertainment. Uh, I found a, a British show about bouncers, so I've been watching that. That's <laughs> a lot of fun. Nice. There is some there is some very very good like gems on amazon prime and then there's stuff that's like oh that they bought this for like two dollars and just slapped yeah. it on here absolutely like this is barely a show you gotta watch i don't know it probably would be on on your version of prime but on mine there's a great documentary called the lost souls and it's about the the making of the the 90s version of the island of dr moreau 
Oh. And oh my god, that it, it's probably one of my favorite documentaries. They've got this guy called Richard Stanley, who I love his films because they're all so fucking weird. Um, <laughs> he recently did the the color from outer space with Nicolas Cage. Um, but he he was scheduled to direct it, and there's this whole like thing where it's like, oh, he didn't think he was going to get the job, so he used witchcraft to make sure he got the job, and <laughs> and um, it worked. But then like the guy who did the witchcraft became ill and cursed, and it know. cursed the whole production. And oh, it's 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 really great. It's really a great great story. And they they That's... it's funny because they shot the film near where I live. So oh no shit. So like it's cool seeing all these people that are like live in the area and whatnot that does sound like something i would really enjoy what else did i watch i watched uh the role players which again hilariously enough was a dungeons and dragons documentary this was like pre before it became cool again with like critical role and everything mm-hmm. uh and i watched one too on like a, a small town dr pepper plant okay that was like kind of the history of dr pepper but also like this last holdout of a plant that like still made it the way that it was made like back in the wild west it reminded me very much of that quest line from fallout new vegas about the sarsaparilla yeah, and everything yeah. it was basically <laughs> like that i'm like oh clearly they saw the same documentary oh that's cool does that mean it has like cocaine in it yeah really is there <laughs> secret hidden cocaine in there man i wish <laughs> no no it's just the cane sugar but yeah that was pretty interesting that's cool yeah yeah so good good weeks had by all uh again going to be really busy near the end of the month i was just telling matt before we started uh not, nothing is really 100 percent official or announced yet but you might be seeing me on some bigger convention streams and to help hype that up we might actually be getting a, a very fun guest here on this show so be sure to keep your eyes peeled to uh, all my social media as that comes closer and closer yeah joe told me who it is before the show and it's a very good day very good guest very good yeah it's a, someone Matt is a big fan of, so I'm like, hey, man, if you actually have any questions, write them <laughs> down, and I will totally uh, try and get him to answer them for you. Uh, again, yeah, as we head to the end of the month, too, we're heading into the big video game season there. We got Pokemon the Crown Tundra. Very excited for that. We got our Cyberpunks. We got, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Legion and uh, new Assassin's Creed. A lot of big Ubisoft stuff. Yeah, I, I actually checked out the... Um call of duty cold war beta this weekend and oh it's really fun it's next weekend as well but um it's really fun i really enjoy the game i think it's it's going to be really cool yeah yeah i was looking at that what what makes it different uh from the other call of duties if anything or is it just a good version of the call of duty you've played before yeah it's just kind of like a more refined version of modern warfare like it's still got all the same sort of hallmarks as that there's a couple of different uh changes in certain like how classes are made and all that sort of stuff but yeah it just it's it's hard to explain because it just like feels really good like the weapons all feel like they actually can do something like they're all a viable option mm-hmm. um uh the, the game flow is really fun on on the maps that i played as well as um the music's really good because it's like a synth wave 80s nice. sort of soundtrack which is really cool I do love the Call of Duty series. It's like, well, we've exhausted every real world war. We've created some <laughs> fake war. So let's, you know, let's do war fiction. Let's do wars that didn't happen but might have happened at some <laughs> The secret wars. That's going to be the next Call of Duty. Call of Duty yeah. secret wars. All the other soldiers are going to get taken out into space. And made yeah, no, it's going to be all like the um the main characters from like all the Call of Duties from uh, like the beginning all coming together to like fight, I don't know, an evil zombie or something 
hey, it's Soap, and I don't actually remember the names of any of the other playable <laughs> just, just Soap. <laughs> I, I guess Player from that one where that was the joke where your character's name was Player and you were the player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one. Oh, uh, the chat's reminding me, uh, hey, did you see that new uh, trailer for uh, Animaniacs on Hulu? Yes, I did. I did not. It looks really fucking cool, and the joke is is that it's a giant parody of Jurassic Park. Oh, only that's the, cool. It is, only the joke is is that it's Steven Spielberg in the role of, like, uh, Ham and the guy running the island, and I'm like, <laughs> ah, that's funny, because, yeah, like, Spielberg in real life saw a lot of himself in the Hammond character, I'm sure. And it's like, you brought them back? Yes, I reanimated the Animaniacs. <laughs> That's Are pretty they good. <laughs> Are they zany? Oh, to the max. <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes on like that for like three to five minutes. And I'm like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, this it might actually be a good revival because they got all the original voice cast back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got that going on. A lot of the same, like, you know, humor and like parody gags that they did before. Uh, it is a little weird that the show looks different now because they're clearly animating it on computers now. Yeah, yeah. It looks a bit more cleaner. Yes, it looks almost too clean yeah. is the thing where they even make a joke about that too where it's like, oh, you know, the, the lines are different now. Ooh, and it's widescreen. <laughs> so they're very, very self-aware. <laughs> that's cool. That's good. But yes, that's going to be Hulu in November. Oh, Nice. Speaking of Hulu, I looked this up too. Hey, wasn't season three of the Orville supposed to come out soon? Yeah, I, I was because uh, I remember just at the start of this whole pandemic thing, I caught up on the, in uh, the entire show, and it's good. yeah, I would have thought because they just recently had a comic book series debut. They did. That's what made me think about it because yeah. I saw that on the docket for next week. Apparently, they didn't start filming till October, and then they only got about half of the shows done before the pandemic hit, so they never actually got to finish it. Oh damn! Well, maybe 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 we might see like a part two, one and part two of the series. Maybe I would like that very much because again, we need we need some Orville in our life. Yeah, I I I, I guess like all the TV shows are going to be starting to come back very soon. Whichever ones can come back, like yeah. I know I mentioned before, I'm a big Law and Order junkie, but it's like, are they even going to be able to bring the show back now? Were they even able to film mm. in the off season <laughs> <laughs> with coronavirus, or is it literally just going to be everyone standing around, but they're all just wearing masks, and that's going to be the thing now? <laughs> Look, we got to catch that sex criminal, but also remain six <laughs> feet away from him. How are we going to find him? He was wearing a mask. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Actually, like, no shit. I literally think that's what the first episode is going to be because the whole thing about Law and Order is that, you know, everything is, like, you know, taken from, like, real headlines and mm -hmm. what's happening mm -hmm. in the world. So, no shit. I actually think that's what the first episode oh, is I, about. I, I have no, no, no doubt in my mind it will be about that. And also, Stabler is supposed to come back yeah. at some point, too, in this season, which I'm very excited for. Good old Christopher Maloney, who, ironically, yeah. was also in a Call of Duty game, so we bring it all together. <laughs> he was also in Happy, which is really good. And oh, speak, Speaking of just, just like a random like sort of connection, I watched a, re a show recently. Uh, it was an adaptation of uh, Brave New World. Uh -huh. uh, it was, it was re very, very good. And... <laughs> The people behind it are just the most insane, like, group of people you'd never, never expect. Grant Morrison de uh, developed what? it, along with Brian Taylor, who was one half of the guys who made the Crank Devil films. Taylor, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I saw that, and I'm like, that can't be, like, the real Grant Morrison. And I looked it up, and it is. Is it is it like a like a TV show, or is it like yeah, a it's movie? Yeah, it's a miniseries. Um, 
about uh aldous huxley's brave new world it i think it aired like start of the year or something i completely missed it i only saw it because it recently came on one of our streaming services here and it's really good it's got the guy who played um han in the uh solo films in it and oh and all that and it is it's pretty damn good yeah i'm looking at it right now oh yeah it was on peacock is what it was no wonder no one saw it yeah was on p holy shit well might have to add this to the list i'm also <laughs> i i finished pen one five this week the two seasons of that so mm-hmm. i figured i was gonna start yellowstone because you said nice things Ooh, about yes, yellowstone. Start yellowstone do it it's also from the same guy who did uh wind river mm-hmm. and what was that mm-hmm. other uh movie i really enjoyed uh, he, uh, he wrote sicario he did uh hell on yeah, high water yeah. hell on high that was the one the the best movie that didn't uh win an award that yes. year yeah <laughs> Also, the same guy who was the sheriff on the first couple seasons of Sons of Anarchy, and then mm-hmm. they killed him off because he wanted more money. <laughs> <laughs> and he got his revenge by going and writing excellent TV and movies. <laughs> Holy shit, I didn't know that guy was so fucking talented, but he is. <laughs> Seriously, if you've not seen a Hell or High Water or Wind River, see them because they're truly excellent. They're very good films. They're really, really good. Uh, and with that, everyone, believe it or not, this actually is a comic book podcast. I know almost 20 minutes in, sometimes it's hard to tell. It can be hard to tell, yeah. It can be hard to tell, but we promise it is a comic book show, and comic book news is what we have. So let's uh, look into that right now. Uh, I guess one of the biggest stories from the week is Invincible got a trailer, the brand new superhero adaptation coming to us uh, from Amazon. And the timing on this was kind of perfect. It's like, hey, the boys is done for the season, but don't worry, we got a new thing coming. Oh, you know that was the that was the game because it's because it, Invincible is very much like the boys. Mm, it's a deconstruction of the superhero genre although you would not clock that from the trailer the trailer plays it all incredibly straight but then again i guess that makes a lot more sense to sell invincible to people who have never seen it before because comic book fans know oh invincible that thing from robert kirkman the walking dead guy which they were sure to mention in the trailer you know this this hero can actually grow up and grow old and have children and die and you know he's not stuck in a never-ending series of like uh reboots and restarts yeah well not only that was that the actual comic book series kind of sells itself at the beginning as like kind of just a just like a superhero comic book and then you get that that twist with omni-man um but yeah, that, I guess that's what they're going for with this trailer as well. They don't want to give away the twist. There, there is a there is the scene in there where he like crushes that guy's head. Yeah. Um. But it but it's hidden. You don't know it's Omni Man that's doing it. Um. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it does a really good job of like hiding hiding stuff from like the general audience and whatnot. And mm. so I, I'm intrigued to see what it'll be like once people actually see it. Yeah, totally, because it's like, we know where it's going, we know there's going to be a twist, but for everyone else, it's probably going to be something new and crazy, which admittedly was behind a lot of the success of The Boys, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where, like, people go in and watch this and be like, oh, this must be like, you know, all the other superhero stuff I've seen. Uh-uh-uh, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, and they're treated to Homelander masturbating over New York City. <laughs> Man, man, I bet Garth Ennis just got like a little choked up and a tear in his eye when he saw it. He's like, oh, it's me vision. It's me vision. Come to life. <laughs> He's not that Irish. He's a little Irish, but still. <laughs> oh, it's everything I wanted. Yeah, superheroes, they do just jerk themselves off into the wind all the time. <laughs> that that was fucking hilarious. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the boys when we get there, because I imagine you and I have a lot of thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, now the voice cast uh, for that show, because like first and foremost, it looks great. It looks mm-hmm. like they pumped a lot of money into this. Yeah, there's some actual animation going on. And you know, again, that n- n- not to like dissuade stuff like Harley Quinn, which was great and everything, but at the same time, it's like, man, this reminds me how like superhero cartoons used to look <laughs> when they actually <laughs> spent money on them. Yeah, yeah. To which fucking good on you, Amazon, for taking that money and actually putting it to something. <laughs> this is the money the boys raked in for them. Clearly, clearly, man, action cartoons, so hard to come by. So when you get them and when they're actually like, I, I say traditionally hand-drawn, but I'm sure there's a lot of computer stuff in here I'm not seeing. Nothing is 100% hand-drawn anymore. No, no. But uh, yeah, our voice cast here, we got Steven Yun as uh, Mark Grayson slash Invincible. That's uh, Walking Dead Kid, right? Yep, yep. So it's nice to see him in there. J.K. Simmons, who, you know, obviously uh, you can't, couldn't miss him as Omni-Man. That's mm-hmm. pretty sweet. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Sandra Oh is in it as Debbie Grayson. Mark Hamill is in the show as uh, Art Rosenbaum. And, oh, look, another boy's connection, Seth Rogen as Alan the Alien. <laughs> well, I think he developed the show. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because he developed the he kind of developed the boys as well. Yes, he did. Did you ever think Seth Rogen, silly <laughs> Seth Rogen, would end up becoming such a freaking producer powerhouse for superhero stuff? Not at all. Not at all. Like, literally, he's living the dream right now of being like, yeah, I made silly, silly stoner comedies, which made me a millionaire. And then from that, I used my power and pull in Hollywood to get things <laughs> I like made. Like Preacher, like The Boys, and now like Invincible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. So what's he what's he gonna do next i feel like seth rogan is such a powerhouse now send him send him things you like and hope he reads them slash watches them slash turns them into something <laughs> i i would love to be seth rogan's weed dealer and be like hey man come right on in hey man sit down you know smoke a bowl and let me tell you about this thing i love <laughs> he's the one who's giving him all these ideas he's just finding like random comics at his weed dealers like waiting room <laughs> He's just pulling. He's just pulling it out from his stacks. All right, man. So let me tell you about Hack Slash. They almost developed it a couple times. Tim <laughs> Seeley. You know, it's kind of a deconstruction of the horror genre, and you know, the uh, last surviving virgin concept. It's really, it's really solid shit, man. Especially in the later volumes when they start explaining, you know, where the slashes <laughs> come from. They make it very cultural, and I think it would be really good right now. Yeah, man. Sure, whatever. <laughs> also, hey, thank you, uh, Nostra Comics, for following. Thank you. You want Nostra Comics as a reference to, actually? What's that? He wrote me and explained it to me. Uh, so Sal and I did a show for Elseworlds Exchange, and he jokingly, I think he uh, threw out there, like, oh, way to go, Nostra Comics. And I'm like, holy shit, that's an excellent fucking name. Someone needs to take that right now or I'm going to do it. Flash forward, like, six, seven months, and this guy actually took it. And I'm like, good on you, man. That's a good uh, fucking that's name. That's great. That's great. Because I make that joke all the time where it's like, man, if that's not taken by the end of today, someone's fucking up. <laughs> but he is not fucking up. He took it. But uh, yeah, so Invincible, this is uh, this is pretty fucking dope. And also, I'm sure, another feather in Robert Kirkman's hat. <laughs> like he needed it. <laughs> but there it is. He gets to have another big kick-ass thing that everyone's going to be super into. Yeah, yeah, it looks really dope. Do we have a timeline of when that's coming out? Oh, I want to say there was a release date on it, but if there was, I don't I would, remember. I would think it. they would they would strike where the iron is hot and be like, yeah, you like the boys that just recently finished? Here's this other yeah. series that you might like. I don't know if they totally have it in the hopper yet mm. or not. That's the problem. Yeah. 
Uh, does it say here that 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 spinoff over 140 issues? Yes, I know that the plot. Blah 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 blah. If there's a release date, I don't remember seeing it. Yeah, I don't think there is. No, that's a shame. Again, this came out as part of uh, New York Comic Con, which is not going on right now. It's going on online. They called it Metaverse. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was one of the one of the premier uh, things. Uh, okay, all they're saying is 2021, so sometime next year. Okay. Which feels like most things right now are like, when, sometime next year, maybe if the world gets right, but we don't know. <laughs> so, some people are really holding out to that shit, too. Like, Patty Jenkins for Wonder Woman is really holding on to 2021. Have oh, you yeah. seen that? Oh, lots, or, of, no, she, lots of them are. Or no, she's holding on to Christmas. She still thinks Wonder Woman's coming out at Christmas. <laughs> Even, that's like the last film that has been for like this year everything else has gone to like next year like mid next year Mm -hmm. trust me i would love to go see it if i could but again (laughs) i just don't think that's gonna happen and i know not everywhere in the world is the same as north america right now like like all the movies are gonna be in new zealand new zealand is gonna get all the new movies yeah i'm pretty sure we we are as well because we we haven't had any new cases for a while so Ontario shot the fuck up actually this week and they had to <laughs> shut down a bunch of big uh big hot spot centers. They didn't shut everything down, but they shut quite a few places down in uh, Ontario. I think it was like 900, it was like a 900 shoot up. God damn. I know that was really bad. I'm like, oh, "Where the fuck did this come from?" <laughs> also, Ford, Doug Ford, come on, man. I keep saying that I hated everything you'd done before, but you're doing all right. You were our goddamn Cuomo. Be our Cuomo, damn it. <laughs> You're not being the Cuomo right now, and I don't <laughs> like it very much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Invincible looks great. Super hyped for it. Should be good. Yeah. Amazon just killing it right now with these new superhero they, properties. They really are. They they really got their handle on it. They sure do. And uh, Invincible wasn't the only trailer for a new comic-related show we got this week because we also got a big, big behind-the-scenes uh, for MODOK as well. Yeah, MODOK. Now, I didn't know it was going to be stop-motion. I thought Neither it was going to be, I. like, animated. Same. I'm sure they may have mentioned that at some point, and mm-hmm. maybe that just went in one ear and out the other for us. But, yeah, wow, what a unique and interesting look for it. Yeah, it, it looks great. Yeah, it's the robot chicken people handling the stop motion animation, and you can kind of tell. Oh yeah, yeah, you can tell by like those little clips we saw of him talking with a super adaptoid and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you can tell it's absolutely the robot chicken people. Pat Oswald is the voice of Modoc because he's the voice of everything. Now again, he was in the boys <laughs> and the gills, and he was happy. Uh, and now he's going to be here, uh, be in Modoc. He's also co-writing it as well, and I think maybe co-producing too. Yeah, and he's writing that comic book that's coming out for it and everything. Yeah, yeah. They they are all in on Modoc, which is interesting because they were so not in on all the other Hulu projects that this was involved <laughs> with. Yeah, no, they're all kind of disregarding all of that, but I guess maybe there's something here. I guess, which also, wait, weren't all these shows supposed to come together in something called The Offenders? Does that mean, was this always meant to be stop motion, or is that something they did late in the game? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, remember that, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, Tiger and Dazzler, and uh, yeah, was yeah. it Howard the Duck and Hitmonkey, and they were all going to come together in a show called The Offenders, and then, uh, what is it, Marvel TV changed hands, it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't think that's going 
to happen anymore because i don't think any of those other shows are actually happening anymore nope nope <laughs> so, nope nope so yeah and no, i think this is just like what i again like it's like that hellstrom show where it's kind of yeah. like they had it like they were too far in production to stop and so like i oh, yeah. will just put it out and well, well, well they recently i think like the other day disney uh put all of the x-men films all the x-men films under the marvel legacy banner so maybe that's what this will come under as well same with like hellstrom that's true uh i I, you gotta wonder too if this ends up being a hit will they keep you know renewing it and doing more with it or the fact that this was you know the end result of a previous regime will they be like no 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 you get one season and then it's done again it could be any it could be really anything like i think this show is well as it is i think it's geared to a more adult audience so yes. i don't think it'll yes. be like one of those shows where it's like oh it's going to be transitioning over to disney plus or something um but yeah i could maybe see if it's popular which it seems to be like a, a lot of people talking about it seem to really be up for it yeah. so if it is popular i could see it getting another season it could be something like like marvel's answer to like harley quinn yeah, because it's like, hey, you have something in the hopper that, you know, can be your answer. Especially because what mm-hmm. I love about it is that it just looks, it you know, it looks unique. It doesn't yeah, look yeah. like anything else. Yeah, well, not only that, it looks like there is actually some money behind it. And because, like, to do stop motion isn't just something you do. Yeah. It's not cheap and quick and everything. It's quite time consuming. So for them to go that route means they at least have some sort of faith in it. Totally. The best joke about stop motion is from that like a movie uh, box trolls where literally at the end it's uh, uh, R- Richard Iowate, the guy from the IT crowd, mm-hmm. is sitting there and he's like, you know, he he's explaining what stop motion is where it's like, hey, you take a little character and then you take a picture and then you do it again and again and you do it a million more times until you have a single second of film. And they're like, who who in their right mind would do that? You must really love what you do to do that or be sick in the head. I don't know. <laughs> And I just think that's the beautiful way to look at it, that, yeah, to do stop motion, you're either <laughs> sick in the head or you really, really love it. <laughs> and, yeah, we, we got quite a few scenes of the show and everything and Pat and Oswalt talking it up and everything. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely excited for this now. Yeah, it looks really cool. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm more looking forward to it now than I was before when I thought it was just going to be like some animated show they've just thrown out. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Most definitely agree. Oh, uh, as Nostra Comics in the chat is telling us, that's Eric Fogel, the guy who did Celebrity Deathmatch. He's the other, like, big oh, mind nice. behind this. I remember Celebrity Deathmatch. Same, and, like, Fogel's, like, written for a ton of different shows as well, too. I think he's done, like, uh, Family Guy and American Dad and everything. So, like, there's an actual uh, comedic pedigree behind this one, too. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's good. More, more stuff like this. More superhero stuff that goes against the grain. Yeah. Which is, which is something I've always felt when people are like, man, you know, the entertainment is just saturated with superhero stories. There's too many of them. I'm like, yeah, but if they're all different enough, though. Yeah, there, there, there isn't really any that are like the same, the exact same. There's always something a little bit different about each of them. I mean, superheroes and comic books are a big, big genre. And as mm-hmm. we're seeing, you can do a lot of different stuff with it. Absolutely. Uh, what else we got going on here? Uh, so here's a story that, again, kind of dovetails when we talk about what we read this week. And because it also is connected to Invincible, Ryan Otley, the artist that kind of made his name drawing all those Invincibles, uh, he's going to be departing Spider-Man. In fact, uh, issue 49 this week was his very last issue. 
And that's a shame because I really loved his art on this book. Yeah, you know, it's funny. He came in with like all this fanfare and all this like, oh, he will be the definitive Spider-Man artist for this generation. You know, him and Spencer, they'll do all these great things. I mean, he didn't do a bad job, but I don't think he blew people's minds the way people they wanted thought, yeah, him to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like it's like, yeah, you know, he's the closest thing we have to like a modern day superstar artist. I don't think he made any people buy <laughs> Spider-Man any more than they would have or didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I, th I think this is a perfect example of, like, the paradigm shifting. And even in his last issue there, it's like, okay, so is he going to draw all of Spider-Man 49, all 90 pages? No, he does 18, and then he's fucking done. Okay. <laughs> and then it just goes somewhere else. <laughs> Which, th th I'm glad you mentioned that, because that becomes the real story here. Now that he's done on Spider-Man, what is he going to do next? What is the next big thing? Are they going to move him on to another Marvel project, or is he going to go back and do another independent thing? Yeah, no, I could, I could see him maybe sticking around for Marvel for a couple of books, and then, yeah, he's probably got some stories he wants to tell himself, I imagine. Yeah. He <laughs> goes back and does more Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> Just bringing that one out of mothballs, like, hey, we're doing more of this now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would... Uh, it, I, I guess a good question is, and, you know, the chat can answer this one, too. What, what would we like to see him work on next, now that he's drawn all these Spider-Man and Spider-Man-related characters? Maybe, is he exclusive to, to Marvel? I don't know. I feel like I should probably know this. Because I'd like to see him go over to DC and do something like, like a Flash book or something, Green Lantern or something. Yeah, something that's bright and colorful anyway, something that he certainly thrives in. Yeah, mm -hmm. that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. As someone said, him on Superman, yeah, that just kind of feels like a bit of a no-brainer, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Him drawing something Superman-related. Uh, apparently he is working on a new Marvel project. It just hasn't been announced yet. Okay, cool. Maybe it's related uh, to like King in Black or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Potentially. Potentially. So yeah, you know, more more power to Otley there. Here's hoping the next thing he does is the next big definitive thing. <laughs> As his Spider-Man just kind of wasn't. Have we got an artist who's taking over for him on like book-to-book -book yes. duties or is, is it going to be like patrick gleason or something because that was yes, they made a big make, made a big deal about him coming over and doing spider-man yes, and he did like an issue and then that it was didn't it do that much. yes it is going to be gleason okay cool then again the next arc gets a little uh or the next bit gets a little weird because uh what is it we're switching off writing duties with spencer and rosenberg because we're doing those last remain mm -hmm. uh 0.5 issues starting yeah. with issue 50 yeah so I imagine we're going to get a couple fill-in artists there to help uh, make all the point fives. Mm -hmm. huh. We still don't know what Last Remains even is. No, yeah, well, the, the, this whole we'll, we'll be talking about it when what we read this week. But yeah, this 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 whole um, Sims Rising arc is like part one of Spencer's like kindred story, and we're yeah. already at fifty issues. <laughs> yeah, which has been going for this long. I know a lot of people. Well, again, yeah, we'll talk about it when we get there, but I know a lot of people thought it was a little anticlimactic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, next up, and again, hey, this all kind of makes sense because one of the things we do know about Last Remains is that Doctor Strange is going to be involved and in potentially resurrecting a dead hero. And isn't it funny that Doctor Strange was announced this week to be co-starring in Spider-Man 3 in some meaningful way? Yeah, he, he is quickly becoming uh, the MCU's new uh, Iron Man, and I'm mm. all for that. Yeah, again, you know, it's... 
funny people joke all the time where it's like, oh, every Spider-Man movie is about him adopting a new, uh, you know, male to be his father figure and everything and how wrong it goes or how right it goes. And I'm like, yeah, but this is Doctor Strange, though. We haven't seen that yet. <laughs> no, we haven't. And we and we and we know from um, their past experiences, uh, Stephen doesn't particularly care about Spider-Man all that much. No, no. You know, they have a frosty relationship, so that would be interesting. You got to wonder, too, uh, because obviously at the end of Homecoming, or no, Far From Home, I always get those mixed up, uh, Spider-Man's identity got outed, so wouldn't it be interesting that his first port of call is this magic man? Hey, man, can you spell this away? Can you magic this up? <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine that, that that's like a... um like a logical step go to the guy who, who has access to a, a device that could potentially turn back time yeah sounds uh sounds also too very uh what is it one more day or one mm -hmm. moment in time where it's like oh no my identity got out there what do i gotta do uh, maybe not make a deal with the devil maybe do some magic chicanery with dr strange also i wonder if this uh, i am i imagine because it's the mcu it will tie into uh his movie because his movie shoots just after this that's what a lot of people are already thinking with this doctor strange news the multiverse of madness news and the news that apparently jamie fox is going to be on hand to be electro in some yeah. variety are him and peter going to be hopping through the multiverse are they going to be rick and mortying it and they're going to you know land in the andrew garfield universe like what's <laughs> what's the dealio yeah they is it going to work out so he's I, I like to see a thing where like to, to prove that Peter's not not Spider-Man they they either get a Spider-Man from the multiverse to pretend or or something happens and Peter and Spider-Man split. Yeah, yeah. That because they they recently did that in that in that Nick Spencer uh story. They sure did. Man, they should just go full Rick and Morty on it. It's like, oh, okay, Peter, I took you to a completely different Earth where they don't know you're Spider-Man and Spider-Man just died. But, you know, we can only do this like three more times. <laughs> never, never call me again. <laughs> or something like that. I know some people are, like, getting real conspiracy theoried out there where it's like, oh, and this will be connected to the Spider-Verse and this will be this, that, and everything. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know, Venom can show up and Morbius and da da da, da. I'm like, guys, I think you're overthinking it. Yeah, yeah. I think that... Although in saying that, that you got to remember this movie is like co-produced by Sony and Sony just like love shoving everything into these films. <laughs> yes. Is this also going to be Sony kind of big dicking it now and being like, Ooh, well, we'll take our toy and go home. You know, we want more control. We want to make choices too. We're, we're the drummer in the band. We want to write songs too. Yeah. Yeah. To which again, I'm sure friggin' uh, Marvel, Disney are like, oh yeah, because you know those other two great movies we made. Yeah, you definitely, definitely want to let the drummer start writing songs now. <laughs> what about Morbius? Can Morbius? <laughs> Can be they it? be the main villain? <laughs> no, no, Sony, we're not gonna do that, Sony. We want this movie to actually make money, Sony. Yeah, and we can't get in touch with Jared Leto. He's busy out on his cult commune, on his fucking sex island. <laughs> <laughs> Look, tell you what, Sony, you go in the corner and you play with Silk and, you know, uh, non-denominational Venom with the serial numbers filed <laughs> off. <laughs> and Jackpot, I guess, and all these other half-baked ideas and you pretend you have a universe. <laughs> and we, we, we won't reference it and you'll reference it, but we won't reference you referencing it. 
will in probably wouldn't tell it... you to take Michael Keaton out of trailers. <laughs> yeah, really. Man, wouldn't it be fucking crazy if the like compromise that they eventually meet Marvel and Disney is like, okay, we get to keep Tom Holland and we get to keep making these movies. You can have Andrew Garfield back and we'll just say it's another universe in the Spider-Verse. <laughs> like, the, yeah, the, in saying that, this is like the perfect backdoor for that. Yes. Where where it's like, they go, yeah, they go and it's like, oh, we're in the, the Sony universe and there's a Spider-Man here. He has the same costume as Tom Holland, but it's Andrew Garfield or someone, Tobey Maguire. Although I don't think either of them are coming back. At least I don't think... No. Andrew Garfield was coming back after uh, those Sony emails leaked and and he basically just like didn't want to do the role at all or anything. Wah, wah, which is the funniest thing when I see clickbait articles where it's like, oh, is he coming back? Could he be doing the thing? Uh, no, because he seemed really unhappy. Yeah. I mean, he could come back if it was like, oh, he gets to work with like Marvel Studios and yeah. these these people who, who weren't behind the Amazing Spider-Man films could mm -hmm. come back at that, but at the same time, probably not. I mean, hey, if you get a big enough payday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit, it would be fine if him and Maguire came back, and I know everyone's made that joke, if they showed up for a second in Spider-Verse 2 and they were like two <laughs> Spider-Man, to be like, yeah, these are also universes in the bigger Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, don't make the whole movie about them, but they can come back for little cameos. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's fine. No one would be mad at that. No. Just like no Although one would be mad at Spider-Man fans, they will be mad at it. As we have noticed time and time again, Spider-Man fans are never pleased with anything. No. It's the it's the damnedest, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, guys, everything is literally geared towards you, and you get more than anybody, and you're still unhappy. Yep. <laughs> you're, you're, you're all fucking Harry Potter's uh, adopted brother there, but there was 99 Spider-Man <laughs> last time. Now there's only 98. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh... Dudley, god damn it. <laughs> You're all fucking Dudley. <laughs> and look, I'll freely admit I've been Dudley sometimes too. <laughs> what do you mean Flash Thompson is still dead? Yes, I know Venom is excellent, but still. <laughs> he shouldn't be dead. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on from there, I guess we can uh, finally talk about what we've been alluding to. But yeah, the boys uh ended its season two this week and boy what a what a humdinger of a finale oh it was it was fantastic the further this show goes on and the more it kind of like you know uh, like like uh what is it does its own thing and you know uh, forges its own path the better it's really gotten to where characters are deeper more complicated and more three-dimensional than they actually were in the source material it's kind of shocking yeah when we talked about our the when we talked about the first season when that ended i think we both said that it was like it it does everything better than the comic like it does um the edginess better like yes. it's not edgy for the sake of edgy it uses that to like inform on the characters and build them and it does a fantastic job in this season just like taking that one step further it's a it's a spice not a meal and then mm -hmm. sometimes that you know even when it does its own thing it'll you know like take a left turn and actually come back and do a thing from the comic mm -hmm. like the love sausage where you're like holy <laughs> shit they actually did the thing and then here especially in the final episode they do the famous Stormfront beatdown from the comic, but they rewrite it and kind of remix it in a way that's really fucking awesome. <laughs> it's really awesome. It's really funny as well. <laughs> it is. Frenchie, who gets the line of the episode, girls really do get it done. <laughs> as they beat the shit out of a Nazi. <laughs> 
and it's so fucking dope. Uh, e even what they do with Homelander, because, you know, Homelander in the comic is just like, I'm fucking crazy and evil because... Mm -hmm. And, you know, never really deeper or more interesting than that, but it's like, here they give him a kid, which honestly makes him creepier and scarier when mm -hmm. he's trying to, like, be a good dad and yep. everything. You're like, but, but you're not that thing. You're just, like, acting. It's really fucked up. And then to even turn it up another dial and be like, okay, so like all these evil Superman and everything are basically the same. But to have him be like, no, no, I, I want to rule the world and I want to kill people because I'm a psychopath. But also, I really need the love and attention, though. Yeah, the, 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 the one thing that, that, that uh, that's the through line, I think, for his character is that, yeah, yes. the love and attention. And he, he obviously lost most of that when uh, Sitwell died and he tried to get that back with having... Um, that 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 uh guy that can transform shape changer, shape -changer into yeah. into her and everything lost that and yeah right, have it with stormfront yep all the people are going against him now because of the people finding out that they're all fake superheroes basically mm -hmm. test tube babies yeah it's uh, it's just really compelling yeah and anthony starters just a fantastic job of playing this like this mm -hmm. just detached like weirdo <laughs> absolutely like i mean everyone in the show is good but i think this is like his star making turn oh, like yeah. this will get him his next 10 jobs yeah I, I i've loved the guy ever since i saw him on banshee but yeah this is like the one that people i think will reference the most as like look how good an actor this guy is because he can be scary he can be pathetic he can be funny <laughs> he can really do it all and, and he can do all of those in like a scene Yes, and the fact that he can, like, go back and forth and be like, hey, I'm Christopher Reeve Superman, America, apple pie, and then being like, ah, I'm fucking crazy and Justice Superman now. <laughs> and that it all makes sense within, like, the uh, the same person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's just so much else to really like about this finale uh, where they bring it all together. Oh, the whole, like, cult of Scientology thing. Again, another <laughs> new angle they put in for the show that works really well and is really funny. And it's like, ah, someone on the writing team clearly saw going clear. Yeah, yeah. And it, it gives um, something for Deep to do. Um, Deep, yes. who is just an idiot of an uh, – just an absolute idiot. <laughs> I, I love sure how, is. like um, – it's an anti-redemption it, yeah, arc and yeah, i like that yeah yeah it, it, you don't ever feel like he was going to get redeemed like at the end of the season one you think like oh maybe he will redeem himself a little bit but here it's like yeah. no no he's too stupid to do that <laughs> he's too stupid and still a sex offender and yes he can be a deeper more interesting sex offender but he still fucking sucks though. <laughs> so that he gets played by the fucking cult of scientology <laughs> everything else even the words they use like he is a toxic personality and we cannot talk to him anymore yeah yeah all of that stuff was exactly it's like out of that going clear documentary yes. where it's like it yeah really, the, really these are all things that like scientologists would tell people uh-huh and instead of drinking the kool-aid like the jim jonestown cult they drink fresca fresca yeah <laughs> Which, man, uh, what is it? Uh, the dude from Breaking Bad gets the best line. Oh, no, awful stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't drinking that. <laughs> I ain't drinking that awful stuff, which is hilarious because when I watched that, the person who I watched the show with was also drinking fresh at the time. <laughs> and I'm like, it's awful stuff. <laughs> Man, I wonder how the Fresca company feels about that, where it's like, uh, it, it's the best, worst product placement ever. <laughs> 
where it's like it gets to be in everything but also <laughs> it's, the, it's the it's the drink of choice for for crazy cult members <laughs> for crazy cult members uh ooh, the chat uh, reminds me too the stuff they do with uh homelander's kids last you know uh butcher's adopted kid now is truly amazing because that character is not a character in the comic no. that character is again a joke that they play for one scene and then never do they do anything else with it. But the fact that they've come so far with it now to be like, Hey, so the problem with this world is that the heroes all suck. Cause they're either, you know, completely self-centered or, you know, total psychopaths. But what if there was, you know, someone here with Superman level powers, what if they grew up good and right? And, you know, what if this world could actually have a superhero like Superman who wasn't a total dill hole? Yeah. I, I, again, it's like, they're making him like the opposite of homelander where we see or see homelander raised by like a lab whereas mm -hmm. this kid is raised by like a mother who loves him and mm -hmm. wants to teach him uh how to be good and everything and not use his powers but how to be good and everything yeah yeah it's uh again it's very interesting and very uh unique to this show and it's mm -hmm. funny it's again it's more hopeful than garth ennis's original because <laughs> garth ennis's original book is that there are no heroes everything is shitty and horrible and the only people who can kind of make a difference are total bastards like billy butcher and everything and even then that's not good because they just as soon kill you as help you <laughs> But this show is like, no, between, you know, Starlight kind of breaking away and Maeve kind of doing her own thing, this world could actually have real heroes. Yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued to see how they're going to go into third season, which I I would have to imagine they have to do like maybe a time skip because mm. the ending of this series, like if the series didn't get picked up for a third season, that could be the ending. Yes, it very well could have. In fact, I am certain that they wrote this thinking like they're, they're not going to renew us for a third season. Yeah, but guess they, they did and a spin-off <laughs> and a spin-off too in fact i wonder you know obviously because the seven has been depleted so thoroughly now i wonder if you know we'll get another infusion of new characters because stormfront was new we got a couple other new characters who are only really here for jokes i wonder if uh maybe they'll start doing some more marvel centric heroes where it's like oh here's tech knight who's kind of mm -hmm. like our iron man pastiche or something like that or here's the g-men who are kind of like our x-men pastiche yeah no well we, we've had allusions to tech knight so i imagine yes. he's going to be coming up in the third season i know in the third season also they're going back into the past because we've got um uh soldier boy uh appearing as well right. nice. um he's played by the supernatural guy oh shit for real yeah they, they cast him just during season two. Oh, that's fun casting yeah there's a lot of places they could could go also in a weird way the boy status quo at the end of season two is closer to where it is in the comic mm -hmm. when it begins where it's like yeah you know they're an extra governmental organization mm -hmm. now put together to police uh supervillain activity yeah again it feels like the show was like a mixture of like those first couple of issues of the or first couple of volumes of the book yeah. plus a prequel yeah because yeah. um because yeah at the end even like even like billy's wearing his like kind of classic costume yes. quote unquote yeah yeah he stopped wearing the ugly hawaiian shirt <laughs> i uh i wonder too uh maybe we'll actually get to see them leave uh leave america because uh mm -hmm. the boys book was all over the place it wasn't always just in one place so it would be interesting to see them tackle you know what what does superhero culture look like around the world and how does bot you know kind of go everywhere yeah like go deal with like heroes in like europe or something mm -hmm. like also, thanks, europe uh, division Church yes thank yeah you. that'd be fun 
Also, love the name, too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Boy Season 2, I mean, what, what else is there to say? I feel like we could talk about this for a long time, because there's just, like, a lot of really good shit here. Um, yeah, I, well, I love all the changes they did to Stormfront, because um, Stormfront, yes. obviously, in the comic, is a male character who is, yes. v- like, extremely on the nose a Nazi. <laughs> Oh, like on like unabashedly, like the first time you meet him, it's like here's Stormfront, they're a Nazi. I think Ennis makes a joke early on where it's like, yes, this guy is such a Nazi, he jerks off to Holocaust documentaries. <laughs> yeah, they're a little bit more overt with it, um, but they I, are I, again. It's very, very, um, very relevant as well. Yes, there's something here about like you know the rebranding of evil, <laughs> where it's like Stormfront was always evil, but she just you know rebranded and changed, and you know she learned the right words to say, and she <laughs> learned you know the right people to cozy up to, and how to use the internet. But at the end of the day, her shittiness never changed. And again, no. bring it back to the cult of Scientology, where it's like yes, they were the ones who mastered the art of the image change. Yeah. Well, even then, they, there's hints that she was part of that cult as well, and that, again, yes. there's hints that they like fostered her like shaped her into what she became yeah yeah it's a it's a really really interesting thing and again you know having an overt nazi be the villain of your show in 2020 (laughs) i think was very cathartic and exactly what people needed (laughs) to just see a nazi get the shit kicked out of her yeah that that was great uh another thing with them is like obviously we got homelander and stormfront are a couple but I, i also like that home homelander he 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 was too stupid to realize that she was a nazi even though she's saying all this stuff to like his son about how oh our our color of the skin scares people and she she literally uses the term white genocide yeah yeah i did like in that scene though he's got this look on his face like what the fuck is is she talking about it's like that's the one time where he's like "Uh uh-oh uh-oh yeah alarm bells are going off I think she might be crazier than me. Uh oh, uh oh. I'm a piece of shit, but even I know. Uh oh, uh oh. Uh, man, the stuff with Maeve was really interesting too. And again, mm-hmm. kind of, I think, uh, doing better something they did in the comics because you know Garth Ennis is a big fan of the evil bisexual trope mm-hmm. that he uses in everything. He used it in Punisher. He used it in The Boys. Homelander was in fact an evil bisexual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the comics. So to kind of update it here and to have her kind of forced into this coming out story i thought was really something kind of cool yeah and i like that they tackled like like corporate feminism and mm, and, yes. and like this manufactured like wokeness yes i thought in a that, way that, that was actually, really good really good yes in a way that actually made sense mm-hmm. and in a way where it's like yeah okay yeah i can get behind this where it's like you know doing the right thing is good but when you do it you know in a phony fake way mm-hmm. people can tell mm-hmm and, you know, it's like you're not actually making things better at that point. And you're hurting people like Maeve where it's like, I wasn't ready to come out. No, no. Yeah. And now you're forcing me to. Yeah, it's, it's good shit. It's good shit. And again, stuff that was not in the comic, all stuff that no. they actually made up for the show. Yeah. Again, it's, it's all stuff that's like, I guess you could say is like set up in the comic or like like there's a base for it, but it never went anywhere in the comic. And they've just taken that the- and expanded on it it's thematically relevant is what i would say we're not doing the book you know uh what is it beat for beat but thematically Mm -hmm. we're doing the book yeah like if ennis wrote the boys today he would probably do something like this yeah well he is writing the boys today (laughs) he's writing the boys today because again he's like oh the the wife should live oh that's interesting maybe i'll go back and write something (laughs) with that and actually make her a real character (laughs) 
Which I think that's some shit, too, where it's like, look, even Ennis, the writer of the book, can be like, no, the show did something better. In fact, I want to go back and write something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, uh, boy, season two, good stuff. Man, it, it felt like it was over too soon, wasn't it? Where it's like, oh, man, I, I wish I could keep watching this. It's, it's weird. It was over too soon, but, like, the show came out on a weekly basis. Whereas, I like, know, it would have right? been over even sooner if it had been out all at once like the first season was. But, yeah, it... it it just is so weird and it, it apparently worked really well for them doing this yeah, uh, weekly yeah. schedule because the show ended up like topping netflix stuff i know which is crazy to think and also where it's like you know i, I think to myself in this weird quarantine time that we're in where it's like no i need the boys to come out you know uh thursday night uh friday morning or else i won't know what <laughs> fucking day it is anymore <laughs> yeah yeah really really please don't take my boys away from me i need it to like gauge time now yeah no well that well, that's one thing about amazon prime i think we're definitely going to get more seasons of the well i know we're getting season three and whatnot but beyond that we're going to get more they're not netflix they don't just cancel a show after season three no no they don't which yeah man fucking you know netflix had another bloodletting where it's like mm -hmm. hey you like glow it's gone hey you like these other shows gone yep and glow was meant to get a fourth and final season and they just canceled it outright i know it was in fact fucking awesome kong left aew to go film some stuff from that so oh, a bunch man. of people were missed out on it now they're not even gonna do it i'm like oh shit no that sucks awesome kong needs to have that feud with nyla so she can pass the torch <laughs> of being like the big destroyer the, of world yeah. <laughs> woman heel and now we never got that and now you know awesome kong lost a couple more years which is always a shame when you're an old wrestler and your body's breaking down after years of abuse <laughs> oh well it is what it is but uh yeah here's here's hoping too that you know amazon will be more emboldened now to roll the dice on more interesting comic book adaptations yeah well that seems to be like their thing they've got like this they've got the invincible coming out they they've done like um i'm pretty sure they did like a walking dead spin-off because i've seen oh, that really? i've seen that advertised it might have just been something that came to amazon prime because there was like some walking dead spin-off on like the front page when i loaded it up the other day i'm not gonna watch it because oh. it's fucking walking <laughs> no. dead but you no, know. not fear the walking dead but another no one. yeah it's like another it's about like kids oh i am pretty sure I, I heard about it and i didn't think it went anywhere but yeah it's about like like children or something was utopia based on a comic or is that just a comic in the show it's a comic in the show but i think it's based on a comic or, or a book right okay that makes sense again i keep saying hack slash come on amazon do it do <laughs> hack slash it almost became a show and then didn't so clearly there's like uh what is it uh, a fan following behind mm -hmm. it same with six gun from colin bunn come on do yeah, some fun western get, go get scalped yeah oh my yes oh my god for the love of god do scalp you want a great new like uh crime drama do that man that's a show right there we need to write down a bunch of things that would be perfect for amazon <laughs> and then just just harass them until they do it for real tommy gun wizards yes that also seems like that would be good for amazon yes there's a lot of stuff that i think would be perfect for it uh what is it uh get them to the chapel all those other mm -hmm. things Ooh, Sp spencer and Locke. there mm -hmm. you go mm-hmm it's kind of like happy <laughs> only it's a film noir thing with calvin and hobbs it'd be great it'd be great <laughs> wait isn't lumberjanes coming there too didn't they get the rights to lumberjanes or am i, I think you have netflix i think hbo max got that right, An animated yeah. animated series 
See, that's at the point we're at now. The superhero arms race. We've done all the big two, all the big capes and everything. <laughs> now it's an arms race to try and get, you know, some of the smaller it's, indie stuff. Yeah, it's an indie man's world out there now. <laughs> Man, I wish I, I wish I wrote an indie comic. <laughs> yeah, Southern Bastards. Yeah, that would be mm -hmm. another excellent one. You're right. Basically, anything Aaron has written would be perfect <laughs> for Amazon. <laughs> Any of his side work. Uh Alrighty then, I guess uh, with that out of the way, we can talk about what we read this week, and it was a fairly sizable week. Oh boy, was it ever! I'm still going. Yeah, do we? Let's just start with X of Swords because that's three goddamn books. Yeah, we had Wolverine, uh, Marauders, X and X Force. Yeah, and uh, because X Force and Wolverine are written by the same guy, Benjamin Percy, they were actually allowed to tell one story, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, they they, they could have just really combined it into one one issue. Yeah, but we need 22. Yeah, for some reason. For some reason we need 22. But uh, yeah, it's Wolverine on a quest to find uh, the Muramasa sword, which I, I, I like, uh, what is it, Percy doesn't even try to be like, oh, does he get all the missing pieces together? No, because they've been like broken and like Dawkins has one in his arm and then they turn some to bullets and everything. Fuck it, he's getting a new one. Yeah, yeah, no, we're going to set up a story where Muramasa is kidnapped by demon hand members yeah. T taken to hell and forced to make weapons for them and those two weapons end up being muramasa blades yes which is very fitting because a lot of fans are like well wait but in the little prophecy that polaris read you make it sound like both sides need the muramasa blade but there's only one now there was two again yeah when when it was first mentioned um the muramasa blade was mentioned on both sides so i was wondering yes. how that was going to play out and we got an answer here and it was a pretty good answer yeah, pretty good answer. Yeah, as it was made as wedding gifts for uh, the the beast. What did he call it? His uh, the, the his red, red left and right hands, which is a fun little Wolverine reference because the red right hand was also the name of like the group of Wolverine survivors who actually mm -hmm. conspired to send him to hell back in the Aaron era. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was a very nice touch, and I'm like, some people aren't even gonna get that. That's a reference. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that was fun. We're also introduced to Wolverine's new arch nemesis and the opponent that he's going to be fighting in the upcoming Otherworld tournament, and that is Solemn. Solemn, a man whose skin is made of adamantium. Yes, you can touch it if you want, Wolverine, because I'm also <laughs> a giant perv on top of everything else. <laughs> yeah, I like Solemn. I think he's a cool character. I like that he's he seems to take joy in this in this uh, Exosaurus quest, and he's he's happy he's going to be be fighting in in the cell games mm. it, it really is it's totally <laughs> fucking anime 100 it's it, like solemn is like the ultimate like writing exercise where it's like okay make a dark mirror to wolverine well we already did that it's saber tooth okay no like actually invert him 100 okay so wolverine is sour and doesn't take a lot of fun in what he's doing so solemn is happy and loves what he does yep and and instead of an adamantium skeleton he has adamantium skin <laughs> boom that's a character, which is, hey, that's lucky because uh, Muramasa Blade is one of the only things that can actually cut through Adamantium. And I like that Solemn didn't know that. No, yeah, he was very surprised that that happened. <laughs> and uh, also, too, how they set him up where it's like, yes, you know, this is the fight. Everyone's going to be looking uh, forward to the unkillable champion from Krakoa versus the undefeated champion from Eriko. They keep saying that, that he's undefeated even amongst the other horsemen. And the horsemen mm -hmm. hate his guts is the funny thing. Yeah, or well, they hate his guts because he killed um, uh, War's husband. 
yes, and they don't 100% know how or why that happened. They say that maybe it was some kind of, like, you know, tryst gone wrong. A duel or something, yeah. Yeah, maybe he just did it to piss War off so she'd open up the gate so he could have more people to go kill. No one's really certain. No, no. I imagine we'll find out throughout this series. We'll also find out how Wolverine got the blade at the end because... uh, at the end of the issue wolverine is kind of left in in the pits of hell and and solemn agrees to help him if he'll trade something for the sword and we don't know what that thing is he traded yeah yeah and then wolverine apparently felt quite bad about it uh mm-hmm. it, it, it's interesting because like obviously we've seen that solemn has no love for the horseman and vice versa wouldn't mm-hmm. it be interesting if he turncoated on his own team that'd be pretty i keep thinking that might happen because yeah it's set up that he's he's willing to fight and everything because he he just loves fighting but he doesn't like the horseman he's he's such a fucking anime character i fight (laughs) why to find the answer to what i'll keep fighting to find that answer (laughs) he's goku he's goku he's he's literally goddamn goku but a bad guy not just a bad father (laughs) oh man that's some funny shit uh now apparently benjamin percy said the next part of this story where they actually fight because this month is all just them getting the swords Mm -hmm. next month will be them actually fighting yep he said next month will also be uh one story told over two issues oh nice nice because because wolverine's a big special boy and clearly (laughs) because i think solemn is gonna fucking stick around after oh yeah he, he gets two issues to tell one story yeah 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 also, uh, Solemn sets up an interesting thing, too, because it's X of Swords, so that's ten combatants on each side. We've got the four horsemen, plus the summoner, plus Genesis Apocalypse's wife, which means we actually have, like, four ringers they haven't announced yet. Yeah, I know. Well, just going off, like, those covers that we saw, there's that that big crocodile guy. That is, right. There's some huge crocodile creature. There's Annihilation, which is the person who killed Genesis right which is almost certainly genesis in disguise yeah oh yeah yeah um i don't know who Uh, the other two could be well solemn counts too so it's really only three Mm -hmm. it's only three extra characters which i know too another thing of this series is we keep getting uh what is it like insight on all the other places in other world a lot of the time they have no fucking bearing on the story but (laughs) hey here we wrote this shit about other worlds so here you go yeah just backstory filling it in yeah i i do love that it's like oh yeah there's a black market dimension too oh yeah and who runs the black market dimension mad jim jasper is like a weird fucking 40s marvel character that hickman remembers yeah of course of course and and i swear hickman only remembers it because rob from comics explained is a big fan of it and won't shut up about mad jim jasper so i'm sure hickman heard about it from him and it's like oh i'm gonna put him in the story (laughs) so really matt you and i need to not shut up about certain characters and hope that comic creators watch and listen so you know our dreams can come true (laughs) so headhunter right (laughs) (laughs) headhunter Oh, uh, someone in the chat said the white sword. Yeah, the white sword who can revive the dead, who also doesn't seem to be a horseman, but who might also be another apocalypse kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess he's definitely one. So that leaves like uh, two, two ringers we don't know about yet. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. 
And uh, the other one we had was a very interesting storm-centric book in Marauders. One that probably will have a lot of bearing on what happens oh. after that I don't think a lot of people realize. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like storm, th this is like a story I love in terms of like morality plays. Oh, mm -hmm. this character made all the wrong choices, but like for a good reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so did the people she were fighting. This is like, oh, you're all making excellent points here, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Storm, who's wearing white. I love that she's wearing white again. Yeah, I like her white costume. It's a cool look. You know, she, she's she got to go to Wakanda to get an ancient blade called the Skybreaker, which we discover is the first blade ever forged with vibranium. Yeah, and it's only a blade that only the king of Wakanda can wield and touch. touch. Yeah. If not, uh, all the superstitious people will, like, have a friggin' uprising there. Basically, mm -hmm. it's it's a religious artifact. I, I, I likened it to the Shroud of Turin, where it's mm -hmm. like, hey, can I have the Shroud of Turin for a minute? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like, come on, I just want to blow my nose with the Shroud of Tyran. Come on, I just want to <laughs> strangle my enemies with it. Come on, this shouldn't be too bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's this is really just an issue where, you know, Storm and Shuri talk out their issues. And like, again, no one is really right and no one is really wrong. And they get some like good fucking jabs in at another and how like their countries are being rotten. Oh, yeah, yeah. Both are like right and both are wrong at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, where she's like, hey, you know, if I can just have that sword, uh, it would be great. I can probably save the world. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, it might lead to an uprising here in Wakanda. We have those a lot. You would know if you were still married to my brother and you were here. <laughs> also, is this not your fault that this tournament is happening because you guys didn't watch Apocalypse close enough? Yeah, also this, you know, Krakoa has been kind of just like going about its own business and like taking whatever it wants and like mm -hmm. how do we know this isn't just some ploy on krakoa's part to get something that they could leverage wakanda into a treaty deal yeah you guys have kind of been bullying other nations and like things have been rough between us because uh, wakanda was one of the few nations to not go along mm -hmm. with the mutants deal but then you also find it's like but wait isn't wakanda also pressuring other african nations to not get involved yeah. with uh krakoa yes yes we are <laughs> but also shut up <laughs> and eventually storm's like well time's a tick and i only got three days so she like actively goes to steal skybreaker and it all just unravels from there it all unravels from there and i, I like that she she knew where it was kept and all everything about it because she was married to chachala and she, he showed her around uh the the sacred temple where it and um, i imagine every other weapon is kept her, her reasoning yeah is so great where it's like look if he didn't want me to steal him when it was important he wouldn't have shown <laughs> me and i'm like geez <laughs> yeah geez aurora let me guess you also kept his netflix password too when you broke <laughs> up look if he didn't want me to keep his wakanda netflix <laughs> password he would have changed it <laughs> uh and then yeah she ends up having to break out and her and like black panther have this thing and you think they're gonna fight but he's like you know look you know for the woman i love for the marriage we had I'm going to let you go because, yeah, you're probably right. But also, like, Krakoa and Wakanda are not friends anymore. Yeah, I, at the end, he ends up destroying the, the gate that they planted there. And, yeah, it, and yeah. if any mutant or any uh, uh, diplomat from Krakoa wants to come, they will come if Wakanda chooses so. 
yes only if i ask and i'm like whoa so like that that might even be setting up the next event <laughs> versus wakanda it kind of seems like it, it's like a it's like a no-brainer like you've got these two two place two nations that are, are very similar Super and yeah. the only only one can inhabit the world at any one point so you know <laughs> And then, then you got the Kree Skrull Alliance, which mm-hmm. same deal where it's like, yeah, but we want to be a new superpower now. Yeah, but Krakoa, we're a superpower though. Well, I guess we're gonna have to fight that. <laughs> we can't can't have all these superpowers at once. That's how like you freaking start World War One and everything. <laughs> And, like, this story is, like, a tragedy, and I think a lot of people took away the wrong lesson. Like, I didn't like this book because it made me feel bad. It's supposed to make you feel yeah, bad. It's supposed to, the, Storm says at the beginning, this this journey I'm about to go on is probably going to end in heartbreak. Yeah, it's, it's a tragedy. It's a Shakespearean tragedy. It's everyone acting very much in character, doing mm-hmm. what they mm-hmm. think is right, even though it kills them and their own happiness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it ties into the bigger theme that Hickman is writing too, where it's like, you know, what what would you be willing to sacrifice to build the best nation ever? Mm-hmm. How much of yourself would you be willing to sacrifice for nationalism? And in fact, that's even reflected in Wolverine's story too, where he's like, hey, Muramasa, why are you working for these ninjas? Oh, because they threatened to destroy my hometown. Oh, why are you here, Wolverine? Well, I wanted no part of the war, but everyone else was doing it, so I felt as a mute and I had to do it. <laughs> So literally no one is doing what they want to do, but, you know, nationalism and pride is forcing them to. Again, putting that, 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 that uh, X-Men hat on, this is just, just Xavier messing with all their fucking minds because he's has, has access to all of their backups and, and whatnot. And he, we, we know he's not, he's not, you know, the, the cleanest boy, the cleanest boy no. now. <laughs> no, he might look like Mr. Clean, but he's not. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, X of Swords, interesting, interesting, mm. compelling stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what the next five issues will be like. Yes, it's hitting the ground running. Uh, yeah. What else did you want to talk about, Matt? Uh, well, we had uh, the finale of Joker War this week. That's right, Batman number one hundred. See, it always throws me off because these come out on freaking Tuesday now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, very strange. Though it gives me time to finish all my DC books before I move on to my Marvel stuff. Yeah, that, you see, I probably should do that, but I'm freaking lazy, so I just <laughs> upload the podcast for Wednesday and then read the one book and then I'm done. <laughs> actually, hey, you you get started talking about Batman one hundred. I have to actually go to the bathroom. Oh, I always I can't. can't to do this but i'm just like well this is going to be really uncomfortable and i don't want to be sitting here wincing while matt is trying to talk <laughs> yeah, so i'll right. be right back no worries uh so batman issue 100 uh ending of joker war uh pretty good ending i thought it was uh pretty fantastic of a sort of capstone to james tynan's first story arc uh sets up some big stuff for what's coming up next year uh since the back end of the issue is just all uh teasers i guess for the for 2021 uh so yeah joker batman fight uh in ace chemicals and joker is captured by harley quinn has his eye shot out so he's we get an eyeless joker now um and batman's given a choice does he let bat uh, let joker die or does he let harley die and he's gonna make make the the choice and he chooses to let joker die but of course being a batman book and because it sells very well joker doesn't die and he ends up surviving somehow it's not really made clear how um and we're left with an eyeless joker who's 
I guess, going to be making a big finale. He mentions he's going to be uh, setting up a giant finale since Gotham is changed now, thanks to what Batman has done and what Bruce Wayne has done with the Wayne Foundation. So, yeah, I imagine he's going to become something else, maybe. As Space Lord says in the chat, Ghostmaker does look very awesome, makes an appearance here at the end. Again, one of those stories teased for 2021. Um, again, it's referenced as like a... A, a partner to Bruce uh, when they were training, I guess, under Ray's, Ra's al Ghul, um, or someone uh, they trained with them when Bruce was training to be Batman. So that's quite interesting. And it looks like they have like a base set up in Gotham and it's going to sort of be like, I guess, like a new Nightfall story because they say, Ghostmaker says that they're going to test Gotham and see which protector gotham wants so i imagine it's going to be sort of like a new new version of nightfall by the sounds of it a new jean paul valley if you will um but yeah really cool issue and what did the chat think of the issue if you read the read the book i'll go to the chat for for what they thought of the issue Refresh the chat. I just forgot to mention, we also saw Nightwing return this issue, uh, which was really fun to see and uh, kind of makes sense with what we will talk about in Justice League as well when it's mentioned his stuff in, in that issue is mentioned here. Um, yeah, Nightwing coming back was pretty cool. Um, get to see him play with punchline a little bit um play around with her before the the team get involved yes i'm glad nightwing is back as well he's he's a very very good character i'm glad he's back is i can't remember if does he have an issue coming out very like his solo series i haven't been reading his solo series so um i don't know if he's got an issue coming out this coming week or not but i imagine that's probably going to be dealing with a lot of the fallout from this whole series Yeah, no, the punchline one-shot. The punchline one-shot um, should be pretty interesting, especially given that she kind of me-tooed uh, Joker there um, in the end there where, where she where it was all... I, get, I don't think a lot of people realize this. She me-tooed Joker, but it was all part of her plan to do that, to sort of pin the blame on Joker since then it causes a whole uprising uh, in the case against her. So I imagine she will um, be using that to escape or something. And Joel's back. Yes, yes, I am. What uh, what I miss? Where you at now? Um, well, I t I talked about the whole issue and just went to the the chat, but you give me your thoughts on the issue. Uh, I I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would, and honestly, it all comes down to that finale. Because again, as Tynan has mentioned many times, even within this story, like you've seen the Joker fight mm -hmm. Batman before, you know where this usually goes. Mm -hmm. But the extra dimension of Harley and her forcing Batman to make a choice that he doesn't normally make. And that is like, Hey, you can either kill the Joker or I will die. A person who has helped you every step of the way. What, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. He's given that impossible choice and he chooses to let Joker die. He just like walks away. Kind of, sort of, as yeah. he mentions <laughs> later, where it's like, look, I, I know the Joker better than I know myself sometimes. And I knew he was going to get out of it because he always gets out of it. Yeah, yeah. Batman's well aware the Joker wouldn't just let himself die. 
I, I think the harsher thing is that he left uh, Alfred's zombified corpse behind. I think that's actually more of a thing of him, you know, uh, being Moving able on. to let go of the yeah. yeah, I think that was more of a thing than actually letting the Joker. Uh, hilariously, this scene is very similar to a scene that happened in Spider-Man this week, and I mm-hmm. like this scene much better. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. Uh, uh, also, too, uh, there's, you know, some rather interesting repercussions, I think, from this story. Uh, there is no chief of Gotham police now. Harvey quits in protest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess we're going to get maybe a new character. That would be fun. Uh, what is it? Barbara basically becomes Oracle again for a little bit? Oh, no, she does. I think they've, they've like, confirmed she's becoming Oracle again. Interesting. Which does that mean that uh, either Cassandra or uh, Stephanie will get a turn at being Batgirl, or will the Batgirl book just become the Oracle book now? Well, te- technically, Cassandra did become Batgirl again in that Joker Warzone uh, yeah, special. So maybe that could be them sort of saying like, okay, we'll, we'll shift Barbara over to Oracle, and Cassandra will become Batgirl again. You know, it would be fun if they just had a book that's literally called Bat Girls and it's just all of them. That'd be cool, yeah. Form like a team book. Oracle is their, like, you know, leader person in the chair. And then, you know, like maybe every arc, we get to try someone different in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Uh, now, there was actually a lot of post stuff, too, in this, which is interesting. Yeah, again, more setting up, uh, setting up stuff for 2021 and what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, we get to see Ghostmaker, the very much-touted new character who looks so freaking anime. He looks more anime than the designer did. He really he really does. I really like his costume as well. It's, it's a pretty cool costume. Um, but yeah, no, what the character reveals is quite interesting since it, he reveals, he or she reveals that they trained with Bruce when he was yeah. becoming Batman. And they already know Bruce is Batman and they're yeah. saying, hey, the city lost a lot of faith in you for your mishandling of the joker war crisis so like hey maybe i should come to town and give people a choice in you know who they want to be their new hero now this is really interesting because they come into town and we don't have a new commissioner Mm. what if the the new character i imagine they're going to be a new character introduced to become the the acting commissioner what if that person is ghostmaker that would be like ghostmaker's identity secret identity that could be very interesting uh also, too, maybe they'll be, like, canonizing that, like, ninja guy from the uh, cartoon show. Oh, yeah. Who was, like, yeah. Bruce's kind of rival. And, mm. again, I know Tynan's a fan of the cartoon, so wouldn't it be funny if they canonize that character? That would be cool, yeah. Uh, uh, also, too, um, where the fuck was I going with this? Um, uh, but much like how we've seen Joker versus, you know, Batman for their final battle, we've seen other heroes shows up in Gotham and's like, oh, I'm the new hot shit now. Mm-hmm. And normally that would bug me, but as Tynan has shown, he finds new and interesting directions for those types of stories. So I'll be interested to see what he does uh, with a character like Ghostmaker. Yeah, as again, I as again, while you're away, I said it, I compared it to like, this could be like a newer version of like Nightfall. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like this yeah, character is yeah. like a new, like Jean-Paul Valley. And it's like a new spin on that. Remember Gotham Knight became canon and then she disappeared? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Tomasi's run. <laughs> yeah. Like, that character's still running around, but it's like, nah. <laughs> that's that's why we have the next event in a couple of years when all these uh, wannabe Batmans all come and have to fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> 
we also got uh, the the final reveal of Clown Hunter. It's to think that they uh, took this long to actually explain what his deal was and what even his name was. Yeah, so he's he's just a, he's a kid named Bao Fen. Yeah, and um, Vietnamese he, kid. He lives in he lives in the Narrows, and his parents were killed by the Joker five years ago. Mm. And um, which kind of is partly the reason why he took up arms, but also because uh, it was revealed when Batman was fighting in that that theater when against all the reanimated corpses, two of those corpses were his parents. So Batman Oops. technically killed his parents again, again, which explains his anger and why he's lost faith in Batman. It's interesting to have a character like this who is a jilted Batman fan. Like obviously Tim Drake was a Batman fan. Jason Todd was kind of like a wayward kid, but to kind of fuse those two characters together and have, you know, uh, a kid that basically Batman wants to try and win back their love and affection. <laughs> Again, it feels like Tynan, much like how Punchline is his his take on this, the whole like Joker society mm. people. This is his take on those Batman fans uh, that Who you see every now. Kill. Yeah, the, the, the Snyder fans. <laughs> that's, wow, that's really, wow, but Matt, I didn't even think of that like... Uh, <laughs> that connection is very obvious <laughs> wow you're absolutely right holy shit huh wow that's wow that's really fucking clever actually and i i like clown hunter what little we've seen of him and i yeah. like batman trying to help him being like look i came here to put the fear of god into you i'm not gonna do it go go talk to leslie Tompkins. she helped me a lot when i was your age mm. i also like the character as well he's He's a community character as well, because as we saw in that Warzone issue, like the community rallied behind him. him and loved what he was doing. So they're not going to like give up on him and like turn him into the cops or anything. They're going to help him if anything. And a lot of people are quick to say like, oh, is he is, you know, is is, is Bo going to be the new uh, Robin? And I'm like, well, people said that about Bluebird and they said that about <laughs> Signal and that didn't happen. So I don't think yeah. this is going to happen. What would be fun, though, is if Ghostmaker comes to town, he's like, hey, kid, I love that you kill mm -hmm. people. Do you want to be my Robin? Yeah, kind of like picks up where Bruce failed a little bit. Yeah, that would be interesting because then you would have like Batman and Ghostmaker fighting over the soul of this kid. Mm -hmm. As like, I hate you, Batman. Ghostmaker lets me stay up to midnight and eat candy. <laughs> he has a gun, probably. Really, <laughs> <laughs> he's got gun swords. He got gun swords. He sure do. <laughs> he he buys me lots of gumplas to play with. <laughs> do you do that, Bruce? And I was like, no, it's true. He doesn't. <laughs> he buys the <laughs> shitty Chinese knockoffs what a monster batman is. uh also too yeah batman having to carry on now with no money and no resources and no cave and no alfred i'm so glad he didn't get his money back i i'm because yeah. that was like a thing that was in that in that warzone thing where luke luke fox got all that and again setting him up to be john ridley's batman and everything and yeah bruce is just kind of like left there he's left with like whatever's in the cave and like a tattered bat suit and he's just got to make do It'll be so funny to see Batman like sleeping around on people's couches. And I think thanks for letting me stay here. I lost everything. <laughs> hey Nightwing, can I come sit on your couch? Nightwing's like, I Didn't, don't even know where I live anymore. I they, was Rick. They did. They did that in that. Um, what was that? There was that. What was that long issue? Was it Detective Comics? I think it was the, the Detective Comics issue, one thousand and twenty-seven, where they had uh, Tyne and tell a story. He Bruce had like an apartment in like a shitty part of town, and he was living there, and he was all alone and and it was like getting to him that he'd like lost everything and lost everyone around him 
Yeah, maybe that's a look to the future we can be seeing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> Batman living in a shotgun shack in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Batman, Bruce Wayne, he becomes the new lighthouse keeper of Gotham Bay. <laughs> Aquaman shows up. It's like, you're really stealing my shit. <laughs> I lived in the lighthouse. <laughs> And, uh, and we got one last story that's actually setting up the Punchline miniseries. And it's actually kind of an interesting setup. Yeah, pun- Punchline Me Too's Joker. She Me Too's Joker. She has a freaking uh, YouTuber apology video <laughs> complete with crying and everything. I'm like, oh, my God. And the Joker is so royally pissed about <laughs> this. He's like, you know, I was going to go back underground again. I was going to wait until the next big event until they need me. Nope, nope. Dealing with this right now. It's it's not only the fact that she did those things, but then she also tries to, like, hijack and co-opt his message. Yeah, yeah. Try to take it as her own and... Uh, as joker says he he knows like like she's really good at what she does because this is just going to cause like a whole circus around this whole trial and it's exactly what she wants it's kind of genius where joker's like oh no i made a monster (laughs) he's made his own joker (laughs) yeah basically he's created his own joker i love that where it's like wow joker didn't understand the young people of today and now it's biting him in the ass (laughs) He didn't, actually... he didn't he didn't have one of those people stormfront had to make the memes no 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 his meme game is very subpar <laughs> he had to borrow a phone <laughs> that's what joker needs to do he needs to like kidnap an entire it crowd and put them to work <laughs> look I, I i need to be up on the social quick post something on the instagram what is tiktok do i need to know what tiktok is <laughs> should i be on my hoverboard drinking the ocean spray cranberry should i do that man i fucking love that guy (laughs) did you see that like the head of ocean spray bought him a fucking car car, yeah that's so goddamn dope i love that (laughs) the funny thing is is like boy i wasn't drinking cranberry out of this (laughs) it might look like it but it wasn't this is like mostly vodka (laughs) yeah really because you could tell he was having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was Batman number 100. And uh, I think it's cool that Tynan gets to stick around and actually gets to keep telling more stories after this. I am looking forward to issue 101, mainly because we get more Ghostmaker, but also uh, where Grifter is uh, joining the team. That's right, fucking Grifter is good. Someone remembered Grifter exists <laughs> and is using him in a story. And will probably make him more interesting than he's ever been. <laughs> probably man i would love it if grifter is also just like a punching bag where it's like oh batman <laughs> you finally you finally hit rock bottom huh that's where you find me grifter <laughs> at rock bottom <laughs> batman he's so poor and destitute now he's like in the superhero soup line and grifter's behind him <laughs> hey batman i heard you lost everything <laughs> Uh, the chat saying, hey, can uh, Tynan fix Damien? Now, don't worry, Tomasi gets to do that in his mm-hmm. next arc. Yeah, in his Detective Comics. <laughs> Which I'm very much interested in that, too. Damien coming home, and they're going to be fighting Hush. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hush can do something worthwhile. Yeah. Lord knows he hasn't done that in a bit. No, he hasn't. <laughs> Man, that's another video we got to do, like a list of characters who used to be cool, but like are not cool anymore. <laughs> It'll be a very, very long list. It would be. Like for Halloween, like characters who used to be scary but aren't scary anymore. (laughs) 
Uh, all right, what else did we have uh, after that, Matt? We had our Batman, we had our X Men. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, we had we had we had deceased Dead Planet issue four. Yeah, man, you know, talk about a series that just when I think I know where it's going and I have it nailed down, they completely take a left turn and do something completely different. And this issue was something completely different. Oh, yeah, I didn't think they'd pull these guns out this this uh, late in the game. <laughs> no, well, we say late, but it's issue four of 12. So. Yeah, but it's like issue four of, or is it? No, it's seven issues. Oh, is it really? Why did I think it was 12 issues? I don't know, but it's, it's issue, issue four of seven of the sequel that is technically the third sequel yeah we had unkillable true. so it, it has been a while since this they they did something this big absolutely so they go on a space adventure thinking that the secret to curing the anti-life plague uh probably exists somewhere within uh, metron's mobius chair but to get there they gotta go through new genesis and we get a big reunion of the new gods yep scott scott takes them back and orion is orion and light mm -hmm. ray is light ray <laughs> gets punched i love that yeah um and yeah we we find that scott's uh son uh jacob is there and he's been living on new genesis for the last five years and kind of training to to be i guess a new god or as as um uh, high father says he could potentially be the new ruler of the universe yeah which is crazy and i mean uh, like the biggest chunk of this issue is just scott free and his father high father having a conversation about parenthood mm -hmm. and responsibility and not fucking up your kids and it's like just really goddamn compelling again it's it's the one thing scott can't escape Yes, which I love that so much. And he's like, yeah, I put my kid here because I wanted to save the world. I wanted to save Barda. You know, I wanted to prove I could do it. And it's just like, you know, I can't, I can't be in this kid's life if I'm that messed up. Mm -hmm. And High Father comes back and says, oh, yeah, because, you know, you really want me to be his role model or Orion or Light Ray or Forager because we're great role models. Yeah, yeah. The, these guys, these dicks are great role models. <laughs> for your kid. And then, like, Scott's like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> Which is such a beautiful human moment in this book about killer zombies. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's full full of those little moments. Yeah, there's just so many layers and so many, you know, uh, little things to love about it. They try and steal the Mobius chair by literally just, uh, what is it, jumping? <laughs> <Metron>. <laughs> just, just, just making him pull over his car because they got the flat tire and then a yes, bunch of people literally. jump out of the fucking woods. <laughs> yeah, hey man, can you help? Yeah, literally that was their plot where it's like, look, we'll, we'll use the crystal ball of Xanadu to get him here. And like, oh, it's shiny, don't you want to? Get him! <laughs> Like the only way it could have been sillier is if they like threw a sheet over him and like yeah, or, or they put like the crystal ball under like a cardboard box like propped up in the middle of like the the asteroid field. <laughs> oh, no one else is around. I guess I can have. Oh no, a box. <laughs> and then Mary Marvel's like, "Well, that plan didn't work. Let's try and logic bomb him." Yeah, let's just talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "You guys really should have opened with that." <laughs> And uh, yeah, Metron gets the crystal ball, Cyborg gets what he thinks is the secret to unlocking uh, the cure, only for Metron to just get the fuck out of there after he sees the future. Yeah, he, he's not very happy of what he saw and is really panicky. And as, as uh, Green Lantern says, it's like, when that guy panics, maybe maybe we should panic as well. Mm -hmm. And that's because, oh yeah, Darkseid ain't all the way dead. No, no, he is now fully, fully powered by the anti-life equation, like he always wanted. 
and uh, he comes back as the Unliving Darkseid. Which is a great name, and I love the little thing they put in there. It's like, you know, w- w- what's to fear about the future? Oh, Darkseid isn't. <laughs> Which is a wonderful callback to all that Darkseid is stuff that got yeah. so popular again. Yeah, and then he ends up going to, going to um, New Genesis and just wrecking shit. Oh, great. Another group of people to spread this fucking plague to. Awesome. <laughs> and not, not just people, just new gods. <laughs> really yeah. powerful hey, beings. <laughs> hey, if all the new gods die, isn't that, like, really bad for the universe? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And again, again, it, uh, when uh, uh, Cyborg sits on the chair, he, he, he sees, like, another catastrophe that's going to happen that, that'll destroy the very fabric of reality or something. And... Um, uh, Dinah's like, yeah, hey, we'll we'll deal with that after we've dealt with the killer zombie virus. So maybe there's so, a hint at a crisis coming. So yeah, we got the threat of the new gods dying. We got a uh, trigun coming to reap mm-hmm. the souls of everyone. So oh yeah, and the killer zombies on top of that. So they are just fuck from three ways. <laughs> are we sure this isn't set in the dark universe? <laughs> but it might as well be. <laughs> I, I love that where it's like four issues in. Hey, so even if we cure it, we're still basically doomed on all these other fronts. Yeah, we still got so much to deal with. <laughs> good, good shit. Gotta love it. Uh, what else was there this week? Dun, 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 dun. Uh, oh, I had Justice League 54. I did as well. It's uh, the continuation of Doom Metal. This is boring. I find this to be a very boring story. Also, it's the only death metal thing that's not a comedy. Uh, I, 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 I'd wager that it kind of, sort of is. But yeah, I know what you, I know what you mean. It's not as comedic as the other ones. It's playing it much, much straighter. It's also yeah. kind of a weird stealth Titans reunion book. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's characters who've all been on the Justice League at one point or another coming together and yeah we, we get a reunion through cyborg and starfire who have been off with justice league odyssey which i like that that was referenced i know that's a book that i don't think a lot of people read yet it's still going no yeah um, yeah that gets a reference here and they talk about all their adventures in the ghost sector and everything um they come back with new costumes yeah yeah or well, that's kind of explained in speed metal where like the dark uh, the darkest night because his influence over the world it changes the heroes into these costumes they're like oh. dark reflections of themselves was that their justification i thought that was only for flashes when he no no that no no that was that that was the dark um the darkest night m- manipulating the world is uh, his influence Never thought he cared so much about fashion but there it is <laughs> yeah he wants to he wants S- S- starfire has to have a mohawk <laughs> which is very cool i'm not gonna <laughs> it's lie very cool yep I, I i also very much like vic's little beard yep and his military jacket <laughs> it's a nice look actually the little beard he should keep the little beard actually <laughs> also they offhandedly fucking mentioned that vic was a titan they like bring mm-hmm, it up here and i'm mm-hmm. like this should be a huge deal and the fact that no one is talking about this means that no one cares about this story no well again it's that it's that universe sort of folding in on itself and all realities are, re- are canon at the moment but they're not because this is not the real world and yeah i i feel like there must have been like some vi- uh 5g stuff like a story in between there because we saw what is it in the art uh for that uh cyborg was back on the titans and now they're just bringing it up here like it's no mm-hmm. big thing i'm like was this meant to be a bigger thing and now it's not well i think it's it's definitely going to be because snyder said in an interview recently 
death metal leads straight into future state and again future state is the reboot 5g stuff well we'll we'll see about that scott again dc <laughs> comics has trained me to not get too excited for anything <laughs> they can change it at the, at the drop of a hat <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll believe it when the comic is in my but hand I'm, thank you I'm, i mean like like dan didio is not around anymore i am like we've, we've been seeing more and more titan stuff sort of seep its way into comics and stuff so i wouldn't be too surprised if 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 something like that does happen that'd be nice i'd like that I, i'd like to be able to read titans and teen titans again <laughs> not just ignore it but uh yeah then they find the valley of the Starrows, which is a cool image mm-hmm. yeah it's, they're all commanded by a batman who was controlled by a starro and took over the world hey guys is something bad gonna happen if we walk through here yes but we're gonna do it anyway because the story can't happen if we don't again i like that again a little bit of the comedy comes from like lex telling them like you guys are are, are idiots for not following me you're gonna you're gonna fuck up and walk through staro's land and it's gonna backfire on you and he and he says you you guys are fools you needed me to because i wouldn't have done this because i know what i'm doing you don't (laughs) The, uh, the only other really interesting thing about this book, and in fact, God, I wish this was the tie-in, actually. It's Martian Manhunter duking it out with Mindhunter, who's mm-hmm. the evil uh, Batman Martian. Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically brings up something really important that was left unresolved from Snyder's Justice League. And that is like, hey, this whole totality business is your fault. You told the League about it. You told them to go after it. All this other Martian stuff is connected to you, and you were just overcome with guilt about it. Yeah, and hence why he went off on his own to try and make things right. And that didn't end very well for for John because he's been captured by the Mind Hunter, who, as we learn, wants his because his connection with the Justice League is still active, where they could meet in yeah. that that ethereal meeting room and whatnot. And he yeah. wants that connection so the Darkest Knight knows what the Trinity are up to. Because and, I, and I guess that that'll the power lead... of Doctor Manhattan didn't give him the power to do that too. <laughs> I guess that might lead into also how he was able to like put the like Superboy Prime and all that in in the past crises because he eventually learns what they're up uh, to. Maybe. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. This uh, of all the times, this is the one that excites me the least, only because it's mm-hmm. just the most straightforward of all of them. I'm sure for some people they like it for that reason, but for me, it's just like oh, I know it's missing. It's missing a little extra sauce. <laughs> this is fair enough. It definitely it definitely I, I think... isn't isn't like as grand a scope as anything. It's more no. sort of focused on these characters. But yeah. I- ironically, too, you know what else would probably have made this story better? tell it from the point of view of Hawkwoman and martian manhunter because they're the only two who actually have any connection to justice league the totality and all this death metal stuff nightwing just became nightwing a couple days ago <laughs> they even yeah. referenced that in this book they did and starfire and cyborg they weren't even on earth when any of this happened they literally have zero skin in this game <laughs> outside just being heroes and needing to save the world and i'm like don't lampshade the fact that they don't know what's going on and have no reason to do any of it <laughs> but yeah that was doom metal it is what it is mm-hmm. uh what else did you have i had two more after that uh i had thor issue eight ah shit see i haven't read this one yet i was gonna read that one next but i did uh leaf through it and some pretty big stuff happened yeah this is i said in my review this is like a love letter to j mark straczynski's mighty thor run um mainly because it's set in broxton um and we get uh round two of thor versus iron man (laughs) and it goes just as well as you'd expect which is 
Iron Man gets his ass handed to him like he did in yeah, the they, first part. Yeah, they fought very early on in that Straczynski book, didn't they? They fought very, and, and Thor reminded Iron Man that he is literally just a man in a tin can. Mm-hmm, which <laughs> and, is bad when I'm the God of Thunder. Um, yeah, no, so um, Thor um, obviously sent his hammer down to Earth to see if, if, if man is still worthy of picking it up and in turn he would still be worthy um and he he chose adam aziz as like the man who would be able to pick up the hammer and turn into uh a version of a thor um and iron man came because uh, thor wrote on his hammer uh to, to call to call iron man and we've we he learned him. yeah we learned the reason for that is that he needed someone he could trust there because he doesn't think the people of broxton would take very kindly to asgardians returning mm, true enough um but yes uh iron man's not too happy because now we we obviously know anyone can pick up mjolnir um yes. thought uh, iron man actually even picks it up um and he's worried but like what would have happened if it had landed and like dr doom came and picked it up or like mm. someone else and thor isn't too worried about that but iron man is just finds it all insane he wants to test run tests on the hammer because it's obviously <laughs> not working and thor wants it back but iron man refuses to give it back and ends up hitting thor with it and that kind of pisses thor off and he has a great line where he summons like lightning and thunder and everything and any he, he reminds thor, uh iron man that like just because he holds the hammer doesn't mean he has the power of a god he still uh, <laughs> thor still has the power of a god and the man in front of him is just a man in a tin can in a thunderstorm <laughs> funny yeah and um yeah, so they end up like he ends up getting it back, and they end up like making up and being friends again. And uh, Iron Man tells Thor maybe you should take some time off and and uh, you know recharge his batteries since he's been through so much and he hasn't had time yes. to stop. Um, Adam as well gives back the power, and it, it's such a nice nice role because like Adam, from what we learned of him, he's just like a simple mechanic, doesn't want X-Con. much in the world. Yeah, ex-con and everything. He just like turns back into normal adam and just like hands the hammer back and just like walks off and it's like oh <laughs> that was cool see ya and that that's why he was chosen that's right. exactly that's why he was chosen um and he he tells thor as well sort of similar to iron man that like he he knows machines really well and the best option to fix them is often just turning them on and off again and if that <laughs> and if and then if that doesn't work just hit him with a hammer um so taking that on thor returns to like his old home in broxton and finds a photo of donald blake and decides he's gonna go visit donald blake man when was the last time we saw donald blake years years ago (laughs) ages like that's that's a piece of thor history that i think (laughs) is forgotten in fact i don't know if one of the comic sites if they were just being clickbaity but i think like thor 9 or whatever they're like oh donald blake is back is it as a villain what i don't think so <laughs> yeah i guess we'll find out then because yeah. it's like it's donald blake but in like in a really fucked up costume maybe maybe that was a king in black thing maybe yeah but yeah that's interesting yeah so there's there's a piece of thor history that even jason aaron didn't touch on in his almost decade run so there's something fun for donny cates to play with yeah again donny cates is doing like maybe he's he's like doing like a love letter to like all of these like he did sort of like a grand epic story like jason aaron stuff in like that black winter he's he's referencing the mighty thor he's going back through like all these past writers who have had big runs on thor and kind of like paying homage to them yeah it's pretty freaking cool actually yeah yeah most death 
but um, but um, all right, what else did I have? Uh, I'll get through this one quick because there's admittedly not all that much to talk about. But I had the big 850th Spider-Man issue this week. I did as well. I really liked this arc, but I could not help but feel that this story, uh, maybe not dropped the ball, but was just a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah, well, first up, it did not need to be over 60 pages long. <laughs> no, no, it really, it really did not. They made a big deal about it where it's like, oh yeah, it's in multiple chapters with multiple artists. And I'm like, you, you could really have gotten all this done in a regular 22 pager. Absolutely. Especially given that we had, we've had like so much like, We've had that the 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 sins prelude. We've had mm-hmm. that that sins of Norman Osborn story to fill in like yep. all the gaps and everything. You didn't need to have an issue that's sixty pages long. That a lot of it just reiterated everything we knew. Stuff we already knew, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so Spider Man and the Green Goblin are forced to actually team up because mm-hmm. the Sin Eater has stolen the power of Juggernaut and is destroying Ravencroft Asylum and is going mm-hmm. to kill slash cleanse Osborn again. Mm-hmm. They keep making that thing where it's like oh no if he cleanses him it'll be bad probably we think we're not really sure yet because we're still yeah. explaining what happens when you get cleansed yeah it's it's still very nebulous but for all intents and purposes yeah you get cleansed he sunita takes your powers or whatever you have it takes on your sin quote unquote and you become like a remorseful man yeah. basically that's all yeah. that happens really but, but you might also die like Overdrive does yeah. or be dying. They, again, there's a lot that hasn't been explained yet, but we basically knew that, hey, it's bad is mm-hmm. what it is. It's a bad thing and you don't want it to happen. And, you know, going into the story, and I'm sure I mentioned this in other episodes, I liked the idea they were playing with here that all of Spider-Man's friends, the Order of the Web, as they call them now, are like, mm-hmm. hey, you don't have to save Norman. You know, you don't have to do it. But Spider-Man's like, no, I do, because literally my whole character is, you know, predicated on the fact that I have great power and great responsibility. And the one time I didn't act is the time, you know, I lost my uncle. So, yes, I do have to save the worst person, even when that person is Norman. Yeah. Again, as Norman says this issue, he's he doesn't really do a good job of saving people. But Spider-Man wants to do a good job now and actually save someone. And that someone just happens to be Norman Osborn yeah the worst person he's ever known yeah they they work together and you know and they fight uh sin eater and you find out that of course norman was up to evil stuff building emps and everything and mm-hmm. they do a fun little callback to one of the first times spider-man ever defeated the juggernaut by getting him stuck up in cement so you know they do that again mm-hmm. and uh then there comes a big moment where it's like uh ooh, uh norman could kill spider-man but he didn't and oh now he's getting a second chance and he is so the order of the web have to step on in Though Madam Webb says that even if they stepped in, they were still too late anyway, and no one asked yeah. her any follow-up questions. Yeah, and and also that like they they shouldn't step in because this is Peter's choice alone to make. So why why are they stepping in anyway? And that he'd live with. Yeah, they have a whole conversation where Gwen actually starts making a lot of sense, where yeah. she's like, "Look, you know, we we don't know who put those dreams in our head." In mm-hmm. fact, at the end of the issue, it's heavily implied that Kindred did yeah. do it. Yeah. Again, again, so- I think I said in one of my issues, it's very obvious Kindred is manipulating the Spider Family against Spider Man. And that's what Last Remains is probably going to be about. Mm Because you're thinking like, oh, they're going to come in and try and stop Peter. And that's going to lead to a big fight. Mm -hmm. No, not this issue, but next arc probably by the looks of it. (laughs) And then uh, again, we we come to the big moment where it's like, oh, Spider-Man has a choice. You know, does he save Norman or does, you know, is, is this finally the moment he kills Norman? And the button that he pushes is that Norman gets really, really creepy 
around Gwen, and a lot of people think he's referencing the Sin's past story. <laughs> yep, yep. Doesn't come out and say it. I think he's referencing whatever you want him to reference. So if you think that's what he's talking about, that's what he's talking about. Yep. And uh, Spider-Man decides, like, he basically does a very bad man. I don't have to, you know, save you if I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of, yeah, again, like Batman. (laughs) But then it's like, was not the whole point of this story to come in and save him? Yeah. And now you're leaving him behind? So, like, was this, was you're not making a choice, the big moment here? I feel, I feel like this was supposed to be a big moment. It's just kind of not. Yeah, it's, it's, again, very strange. And I, I have to wonder, like if this this can't be like what what nick spencer had planned out and it feels like maybe this is like some editorial thing where it's like you, you can, you can so. kind of do the story but you got to change all these like little things like norman osborne can't obviously die and yeah. all this sort of stuff and he was kind of like forced into doing that and writing around that which, which is why we get like so much of the issue just reiterating stuff we already know <laughs> Maybe Gwen was supposed to kill Norman. Wouldn't that have been it interesting? It kind of feels like that because she had that whole build up in a, a couple of issues ago where she's talking about how like she's the uh, apparently the idealized version of Gwen because mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff and kind of felt like she was building up towards like she's going to come in at the last minute and kill Norman and kind of get revenge and and what and also save Peter. Where yeah, it's like, yeah, this, she this didn't time on I... her world. She didn't save him and everything. Yeah, yeah, like that would make a lot of sense to her care. Like I couldn't save my Peter. You couldn't save your Gwen. Mm-hmm. Well, I just saved you tonight, and now Norman's never going to hurt anyone ever again mm-hmm. until he's brought back again. Because they always get brought back. Yeah, it, it gets extra confusing too. Because then, like, we flash over to Kindred, and he's pissy that Spider Man didn't do it, implying mm-hmm. that that's what he wanted all along yeah it's very again i think it's editorial there was definitely like it feels like there was a missing ingredient here Mm -hmm. even sin eater doesn't get beaten in the end no no he just kind of goes away he just goes away even though they built him up to be such this unstoppable threat and then it's like okay arc done time to start last remains which don't get me wrong i'm excited for last remains but it's just like this this arc could have been like the best nick spencer arc and it's just kind of like oh you kind of dropped the ball at the well, end see, there didn't yeah you? that's the thing it was like building up to like one of the best nick spencer runs ever because you got this like great story of like spider it's as someone put it in one of my in one of my videos it's like spider-man's version of what's so funny about truth justice in the american way it's yeah like spider-man with this moral like dilemma about like he can let this guy kill the villains but in killing them they become good guys and like is that moral like is that morally right you could have all that but then it feels like no we've got to put like green goblin in and like all this like classic spider-man stuff is it because it was an anniversary issue? It's because it's like, no, yeah. you need to do something special for 850. You need to put something in here. Yeah. And again, it's really funny that this issue is 850, yet we've get, we get issue 50 this coming week where you would yeah. think they would have moved it so that like 850 is issue 50. <laughs> and then 50.5 not long after that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really it's really weird. I I wanted more from this finale than what I got, and I guess this will be another thing where if I ever you know sit down with Nick Spencer at a bar and ply him with drinks and be like, hey man, what did you really want to do here? <laughs> yeah, it feels like it was heading in a different direction, and then editorial or someone said, no, you can't do that, can't go in that it's spe- direction. It's a special anniversary issue. You got to have this, this, and this in it. Yeah, yeah, shame shame this one could have been really another thing that was lost the socio-political commentary that nick spencer is so good at where it's like yeah sin eater 
becomes a cult leader he basically builds his own army of proud boy incels yeah they even made reference in like i think it was like the third third issue where like he was raising that gang and then the gang started doing stuff on their own and just going after people who were literally different than them it's like oh they're they're proud boys (laughs) yeah they they were attacking mixed race couples and Mm -hmm. burning down mosques and everything yeah yeah and then that just went out the window which is funny. One person in my uh, video who I ended up having to ban is like, oh, look, you know, uh, Nick Spencer's talking about Antifa. I'm like, shut the fuck up. No, he isn't. Are you not paying attention? <laughs> they don't burn mosques. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. That's a very particular type of person. Also, too, Mr. Negative showed up and Sin Eater stole Mr. Negative's power. And then that didn't even really end up going anywhere. Yeah. Again, is is Martin Lee dead? <laughs> like that, that, that seems that, that was like what it could. We never saw him again after that. And he was just like, had a big bullet hole in his chest. <laughs> he was cleansed. Like I kept thinking where I was like, okay, so sin eater has taken his power. So like, obviously sin eater is going to turn uh Spider-Man's friends against him. And that's going to be the big fight at the end. <laughs> yeah. Right. And now, yeah, again, it, it was all these parts that sort of led you to believe what was going to happen. Something. And, and it, you, you have to think logically he nick spencer would have thought of that if we thought of that he would have thought of that because he's writing it you would think so but yeah that was that was spider-man 850 could have been better here's hoping uh last remains does something new and interesting apparently again dr strange is going to be involved and apparently they're bringing an old hero back to life yeah well again who do you think was in that in that grave at the end that kindred was was looking at because we never saw the front we never never saw the front of it I'm thinking maybe Flash Thompson because he's been dead just mm-hmm. long enough and they make the point of saying hero or and I was talking about this with Sal today in fact what if it's Gene DeWolf they didn't say superhero what if it's just hero again she's been like kind of built up throughout this whole like with Sinita Sinita uses her like badge and yes. and she she was a big part of that prelude issue with like what sure Stanley was. Carter went through and everything so I could see that I could see that what if this is like some crazy like horror movie rule shit where it's like only only Gene DeWolf can kill a Sin Eater now mm-hmm. where it's like uh, it's, it's like wrestling. She's got to get her win back and be strong for SummerSlam. <laughs> She's got to avenge her own death. <laughs> also, too, if she comes back from the dead, too, then that's one less uh, kindred suspect. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting. Honestly, if, if I had to bet, I think the safe bet would be Flash. I think it's like, has Flash Thompson been dead just long enough now? Yeah, kind of, kind of makes sense. I I could see him come back and being like the next version of Sin Eater or whatever for for Kindred and yeah. fighting Spider Man whatnot. Because again, with Flash, that's another person you can tick off the list. To anyone who does come back, to is someone to probably tick off the list mm-hmm. of potential Kindred suspects. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, if Flash came back, uh, I guess he couldn't be Venom anymore. He'd have to be, like, Agent Anti-Venom again. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, maybe... Or, like, uh, Kindred would give him something that, like, mimics symbiotes or something. I don't know. Yeah, give him a similar costume, I wonder. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, well, uh, issue 50 is out this week, I think. Yeah, because, again, with a name like Last Remains, you figure it's like, okay, dead people coming back, and that's basically been Kindred's thing so far, you know? <laughs> if you can bring back Sinny, you can bring back anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess we'll wait and show Yeah. Uh, all right, I only had one more, and it was Champions, and I'll be quick about it. Oh, tell me about Champions. So this is the real uh, next part of the Outlawed storyline. Those tie-ins really didn't count. <laughs> 
Like, the tie-ins, like, make sense, but clearly there was supposed to be an order to this, and be, the delays fucked up the order. This was clearly supposed to be part two. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that being said, pretty good. Evaluing does a good job right in The Young Heroes. Nice. Yeah, uh, it's uh, them dealing with the fact that they've all been outlawed now. Uh, Kamala does like a big internet stream talking to all the champions fans out there that you know we're gonna we're gonna fight through this and we're gonna be the outlaw generation. <laughs> and Miles is like, you you didn't ask me about that. In fact, when I went to your hospital bed, you kicked me out. <laughs> and now you're kind of like making deals. I don't I don't like that at all. And like uh, Miles's school is really divided. Like one kid almost gets expelled for wearing a champion's shirt, oh, and wow. another girl. Yeah, and another girl who Miles really liked is like super quick to like get on the cradle bandwagon. And like, yeah, hey everyone, put your jack boots on and let's out some of our friends. <laughs> and Miles is like, yo, I do not like how this is going. And like, uh, Miles almost gets uh, caught up in a sting operation for Young Heroes. Yep. Like the NYPD like fakes a mugging to try and catch him. <laughs> And, and again, this this is true in all of the tie-ins, and it's a really funny thing that I'm sure is 100% intentional, where it's like, huh, the cops in Cradle are spending millions of dollars and tons of man-hours to try and catch these heroes and stop them from saving people. Maybe they could just use those resources to save people. <laughs> no, 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 we need a good scapegoat, and... Uh... Yeah, uh, Miles goes to a big meeting of all the young heroes, and again, this is this feels like the most Civil War bit where they all argue basically what to do next, and it comes to a big head. But what I like about it is that none of the champions we know and follow are the ones being the assholes in this situation. It's Starling who actually is the asshole. So here. the new ones, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, Starling is interesting. Again, I don't think you were reading Solid in a Mid Spider-Man, but uh, he invented a new vulture character called Starling who is yep. actually the granddaughter of Adrian Toomes. Yeah, I think she she was in that in the end of that 850 issue, was, wasn't she? Yeah. She was. Yeah. So she's she's like an anti-hero and was never a champion before, but I guess Miles invited her <laughs> to this cuz cuz he's trying to tap dad. <laughs> and I mean, who wouldn't just look at her and she's she's the one being a total bitch and she's the one like, you know, talking <laughs> mad shit about Kamala, which means she starts butting heads with Nova and I'm like, "Okay, this is cool. This this person is the one who's causing the trouble." <laughs> and then cradle comes to bust them up and justice is there and of course they're like man you used to be a young hero yourself you used to be a new warrior what the fuck are you doing and uh eventually it's revealed that uh ooh, there's a there's a mole there's a traitor inside the champions ooh. someone someone dropped a dime on them and it maybe maybe it's someone we know because the uh information that cradle was given was written in synthoid language Ooh, i wonder who that could be <laughs> oh viv died right which which viv died but like it only gets brought up once where it's like eh, she's a robot we'll rebuild her <laughs> again it and, could uh, just be like red herring and someone framing viv it certainly seems to be that way because the cradle guys are like, oh, well, maybe Vision is mad at the kids because, you know, his daughter died on their watch and this is his way of, like, getting back snitching at them. Snitching on the kids. <laughs> He's literally the fucking robot man is snitching on the goddamn kids, dropping a dime to 5-0. But, uh, but we actually see Viv flying around where it's like, oh, so maybe she didn't die then. Interesting. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, this is this is this is this like the this should have been the next part of Outlawed. Like all those tie-ins were fine, but this this is the next part of the story. And I, I, again, I think it probably would have fared better had there no, not been any delays because this is meant to come out before Empire, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. This was. They had a whole order, 
including like a power pack tie-in and that new warriors thing from mm-hmm. kibble smith yeah, they got the internet yeah. all pissed off yeah no it's completely out of order now oh god damn yeah because i was looking forward to that new warriors uh book because again see what the hell it's about yeah yeah god damn that, yeah. th- those the delays just ruin stuff but like last week i had falcon and winter soldier issue three i looked it up issue two came out six months ago wow yeah that's about this thing too i'm pretty sure outlawed one came out six months ago too yeah I, it's just insane it really is goddamn but yeah. uh yeah so champions was all right I, I i dug it again it's very different from the wade and zub era oh that's another funny thing so they talk about uh like oh some champions have already been arrested by cradle mm-hmm. uh guess the two who are already uh already arrested who Snowguard and Red Locust, aka the original characters Zub and Wade had created for their yeah. individual runs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, way to fucking clean house, devaluing. Get out of here, original characters. I might want to make my own. That sucks though, because I, I really like Red Locust. I thought she was cool. I liked Snowguard too, because she was fucking Cree Canadian. <laughs> like, literally, Zub created that character just for me. <laughs> But yeah, I thought that was really funny that those two characters are gone. I don't think she did it in a mean way. I think she did it in like a look. There's enough young heroes to have to deal with already. I can't take on your own passion projects. And again, it it, it kind of moves them off the board to be able to like, oh, I can bring them back later on because I know where they are now. Yeah. Uh, so that was all I had. Uh, did you have anything else? Um, I well, I had I had Star Wars issue eight. Issue oh, eight. Oh yes. Issue eight. I think it's issue eight. Star Wars continuing. Issue is it issue eight? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna check to make sure seven issue seven. Still chugging along there. Yeah, this was an Empire centric issue because we learn more about Commander Zara, who's like the new villain of this this arc, uh, who's got a bone to pick with Princess Leia. Um, we learn a bit about her backstory about how she became uh, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin's protege um by um killing all who tried to be his protege and basically yeah, take command um and she rose through the ranks and and she was sent on a mission to disrupt a a criminal who is it's again more hints at high republic because he's using old rhetoric that the 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 space pirates that are the main villains in high republic used Ooh, like. um, he's using that rhetoric to like turn people against the empire and sort of sow dissent and everything um, and Targan is very specific and he wants his head and um, this uh, Commander Zara she's very smart she utilizes probe droids as like spy drones to like follow mm-hmm. the person back to his base and then um, basically bomb it to shit and she thinks she's done it returns to the Death Star only to learn that she actually killed a decoy and the real Oops. the real criminal is is using this as sort of like to embarrass the empire like look they couldn't even figure out that that was a decoy (laughs) like the the empire is stupid um so because of that she gets busted down and sort of uh uh displeased uh tarkin and she she hates that because she's like a tarkin simp (laughs) man i simp for tarkin yeah she's really really uh really hates that and so she wants to go make things right and go kill the criminal and this also happens uh to just be at the point where the rebellion starts to attack the death star um so oh. she ends up getting off to the death star just before it explodes and obviously tarkin dies and everything so she doesn't know what to do so Who she simp for now <laughs> yeah 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 so then that's why she named her ship after tarkin and everything yeah. and uh you know got the body pillow and whatnot and <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know there probably is a Tarkin body pillow out there somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she she hates Princess Leia because Leia was the one who sort of coordinated the attack on the Death Star plans right. and whatnot, and um, she ends up. Going, I like this making a making a Leia arch nemesis, basically. Yeah, uh, and she ends up going after Leia and the and the the rebel fleet. But what she doesn't know is Leia is anticipating that and ends up it's like it's, it's basically the uh, the arc um i'm calling is just called the rebellion strikes back because that's exactly what happens they catch oh, they catch fun. the uh the imperials off guard and next issue looks like it's going to be a huge big space battle sweet yeah a damn good book under charles soul yeah i i forget that uh, those star wars books are still out there and are all pretty solid oh yeah we've got charles soul writing that we've got greg pack writing the um uh the darth vader book i think ethan Sachs is still writing bounty hunters is all yes, really yeah. damn good when does high republic start was that wasn't that supposed to start soon it was but it got the the first novel got pushed back to january and then after that right. we get like the comics and everything else right and everything that's going on then well that's definitely something to look forward to absolutely well matt we talked for two hours this ended up being one of the longer shows <laughs> yeah i think we had such little news yeah i know all right so i will i will leave everyone here i gotta start prepping for canadian thanksgiving soon so thank you everyone who joined us on uh stream as always you can find us on twitch over on matt's channel that's matt underscore fos uh sunday nights 10 p.m eastern standard time we usually always try and start around then uh if you're a patron you'll get to hear the audio and see the video version uh before anyone else uh, over on patreon you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month uh again you know anyone who can find it in their heart especially in these trying times to do so means the world to me and matt uh if you are in canada you can still use our amazon link down in the description <laughs> to buy something and support the show if not that's fine too just <laughs> putting it out there so you know uh what else what else what else uh you have anything else coming up matt anything you want to promote uh not really i'm going to be streaming towards the end of the week i tried streaming last week but got too busy with stuff but hopefully the end of this week is a little bit too a little bit more quiet for me so i can do a bit of streaming i'm going to be streaming like squadrons maybe some boulders gate maybe Ooh, there you go i i want to stream i swear i have this weird stream anxiety where it's like <laughs> i'm gonna start i'm gonna do it now uh, no. i know you what get, you mean like nothing, i know what you mean yeah it's like nothing's ever bad has happened to me when i stream all our fans are super nice and cool why yeah. why am i like that <laughs> and then it's like oh I just, you clearly don't have a problem talking in front of people we just talked in front of people for two fucking hours you're afraid of having a dsp moment and you leave your camera on I and <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't be worried about that i'd own it i'd be like yes everyone yes i did this is the the first piece of marketing in my only fans <laughs> yes i'm starting a new only fans see that's how you do it that's how he did it wrong you should have been like guess what if you want more come to my only fans <laughs> oh too hot for twitch <laughs> And uh, yes, everyone, if you want more Too Hot for Twitch content, be sure to also check out uh, every Wednesday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the show drops. You can find it there, everyone. And uh, again, be sure always to comment and uh, tell us what you like about the show. It helps the algorithm, and we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Mm -hmm. So we will see you all again next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.